0: Hello and welcome to Time for Cake Snail, episode 25.
1: <laughs> Good start there.
0: With me Beggs.
1: And me Ethan Oh, and it's me, it's Dave. I'm da-
0: back. Dave! <laughs>
1: Dave. <laughs> it happens back.
2: when I walk in the pub as well, I find it unnerving. <laughs> yes, Dave you'll remember from uh, a while ago when he joined us to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy. That's back
0: in April, wasn't it? Back in
2: April. Yes. And he's back once again.
0: Like the Renegade Master. <laughs>
2: <laughs> references are long and get <laughs> uh, to predominantly talk about a
1: new movie that's open this week, which is the Pitch newest... Perfect Three. Oh <laughs> no, 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 I'm looking forward to that though. No, I'm here for Star Wars:
2: The Last <laughs> Jedi. <laughs> if we had, if we don't stop this now, you will start talking about how much you anticipate Pitch Perfect Three. Yes, it's... Star Wars: The Last Jedi. We're all on the same page. You have seen it, haven't you? I saw it at midnight. I'm fairly sure it was the film I watched. And you were awake the whole time? Because that didn't happen last time in the Guardians of the Galaxy. You were a bit confused about Jeff Goblins in the end credits. That was the
1: (laughs) the second watch in the Guardians. I stayed awake for the first one. And then I (laughs) fell into a coma the second time I watched it. I did stay awake the entire I I, I'm functioning on very little sleep at the moment. Eight hours over the past three days. So good luck with this.
0: (laughs) Um... Anyone who listened last time will be pleased to know that we've got our own pizza this time around, so there's going to be no cameos, we hope. If there is, then someone's come to the wrong house.
1: Mm. My dad might phone me, <laughs> <laughs> just to warn you.
0: But before we talk about Star Wars, we thought we would take this opportunity to grill Dave, who goes to the cinema a tremendous amount about yes. his movies of the year.
1: Yeah, so um, literally just before I came over here today, uh, I've been on Cambridge Radio for Bums on Seats promo, promo. Uh, we just did our our top twelve of the year. Uh, we do twelve because we use the the Sesame Street countdown <laughs> that counts to twelve, <laughs> and we've never changed it. Um, and for the first time in a while, we actually we did it as a live show. Uh, the the studio booth only takes four people, and there were eight of us today. So. <laughs> How Toby's going to tidy it up for the podcast, I don't know. No one fell over this time. It's happened before. <laughs> is that because is...
0: there was no room for anyone to fall over?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There was a dog as well this time. It was brilliant.
0: <laughs> Absolutely brilliant.
1: Um, but yeah, we so we collect all the votes in. Um, however, I don't always agree with the choices. Um, and I've got my own top ten to run through with. So I guess we're, we'll kick it off.
3: Yes? Yes. yes. yeah.
1: Well, in tenth spot, Paddington 2.
3: Oh
1: yeah, I, said, that, 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 I think of the films on the list, it's probably the no, 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 no. Two of them made me cry, but that was one of them. Just <laughs> a, a, if you if you sit through Paddington Two, you get to the end of it and your heart hasn't melted into a puddle and you're not sobbing, then you're not human. <laughs> this is specifically referring to someone else from the radio show who doesn't have a heart. Uh, <laughs> They know who they are. (laughs) Uh, At number nine is 7852. I know you two haven't heard of this. Mm -hmm. It's a documentary all about the shower scene in Psycho and how pivotal it was to changing the perception of film in the industry. Uh, It's a really good... So it's got recreations of the filming of the scene. It's got the body double for Janet Mm Leigh, who's an actress whose name I can't remember. And she was found again by the director because she only did small interviews, and he's just catapulted her back into the spotlight and she's such a great character it's wonderful she's interviewed you've got all these classic film directors and then you go all the way up to the horror directors of this day and also eli ross in there mm. as well being interviewed about the impact and then uh, elijah woods pops up because it turns out he's a complete hitchcock buff mm. and he, he's being interviewed with two directors from a film he was working on and all the directors are just sat in a chair watching the scene on loop talking about oh this is the bit where he changes the camera and that's the thing where when Van Sant remade it, he just got a dummy in, but they used... I, I don't mean Anne Hesh, I mean an actual dummy. <laughs> uh, but, you know, that he just got Janet Lee to hang upside down for five minutes, <laughs> staying very still. Like, were, were, was she conscious at this point? Well, apparently so. Um, and it, it it was a really fascinating watch, a great mm. documentary. Um, so that went into number nine. I think that's my only documentary. In, yeah, there were quite a few good ones this year. I'm going to mention another one. Yeah should have been in it but it's not released yet so i saw it at the film festival Ah, it's called dawson city frozen time it's a film about film again and all these films that were sent to dawson city which is at the end of a railway trunk line all the way up in alaska and the films these old nitrate prints were just left there in a swimming pool that was frozen over because they had no they they couldn't afford to send them back to the studios and then someone found them And there's all these black and white films From the 1900s, 1910s mm. And I think some from the late 1800s mm. as well Brilliant watch, absolutely fascinating And the music is superb mm. uh, So that that's joint ninth place We'll call it joint ninth like, <laughs> Dawson City should be higher but mm. uh, Number eight, a Swedish movie Called A Man Called Ove mm. Again, no uh, So Ove is an older gentleman He's six months before the film starts He's lost his wife uh, and he's trying to join her however every time he tries to join her this is of course the way of saying commit suicide he gets interrupted by his new neighbors who have moved in um <laughs> it's it's a lovely film because it, it's a swedish iranian family the wife is iranian the dad is swedish they've got two daughters and they just bring life back into his life uh and this was the other film that had me in tears at the end it, it does very well There's a few flashbacks early on to his life with his wife when they were younger, Um, but then you get to the bit where it illustrates the tragedy about why he's become such an unhappy man uh, later in life. Uh, There's a horrible accident. Uh, They lose their child, which is very, very upsetting to begin with, and then it's the way they manage to claw their life back afterwards only for cancer to eventually come back and claim his wife, and you see. But with this new family, he gets a new lease on life, um, and then after that, the rest of the film just kind of trundles on and inevitably he passes away floods of tears, absolute floods of tears. I do recommend it, though. It's really good. Uh, number six, Blade Runner 2049 mm. had to be in there somewhere magnificent in scope and scale. Maybe not the film a lot of people were expecting based on the trailer. It's like, ah, oh, sci-fi action. No, no, sci-fi epic couple of action sequences in it this is a it's a lighter noir movie than the first one Mm. and this was something we discussed on the show today because it did make our top 12 and i was saying in the original blade runner it's all dark you know there's never any light there's never anything good and the way dennis Villeneuve has filmed this one as the film progresses the atmosphere actually lightens so they go to that orange desert where harrison ford's hiding out and then at the end they're in the I can't decide if it's ash or snow, but it's a bright white cloud and it's just all perfectly lit. And, you know, Ryan Gosling, well, we know he's a replicant, so there's no mystery either. It's tying all the things up and it's a fantastic movie. Number four? Oh no, number five. We're talking about in a bit because it's Star Wars. (laughs) Um, We had to submit our list on Tuesday, so I put Star Wars in before (laughs) I'd seen it. it. This is not... The best films of the year for me. This is my favourite. Star Wars was always going to be in there, no matter what I think of it. <laughs> That's how corrupt that <laughs> list is. <laughs> Spoilers ahead, movie. moving. Uh, so number, skipping number five, which is Star Wars. Number four is Wind River. Did you see that? Mm-mm. Have you seen any of them? No. <laughs> oh, I, knew I haven't I'm... seen Star Wars either, I'm still going to talk <laughs> oh, about it right now. You'll probably get more of the plot than some people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's just hold that back for a second. Uh, so number four, Wind River, is all about a, an Indian girl goes missing on a reservation Uh, there's a lot of kind of northern wasteland films in my top 10 (laughs) i like the bleak environment uh jeremy renner is a wildlife ranger i think he's not a marshal i think he's just a a pirate ranger but he he patrols the reservation then he works with the local police force but because it's a crime the normal police can't involve they have to get the federal government involved so elizabeth olsen is sent from las vegas turns up in her fbi windbreaker jacket as this (laughs) snowstorm comes rolling in uh and she ends up with you know they they take care of her and it's a very good kind of well-paced murder mystery uh, but also it's based on the fact it's a horrible fact that most native american women who go missing aren't reported missing they're just assumed to have gone and when you (laughs) hear that that's a very horrible and depressing thing but it was so nice that the person who found out that it's, it's the writer behind Sicario mm. and uh, I think did he write Prisoners as well maybe it's the it's the writer oh, Hell or High Water was his too and he, he found this one fact and he's just expanded it long enough to say well what happens when someone does go looking mm. and the, it's a great study of the relationships because it's a very complicated part of America still mm. I think between this and also Get Out mm. you've which didn't make my top 10. I just, everyone was praising the comedy for it, and I didn't find it as funny as most people. I think <laughs> I found it too horrifying because I was like, this isn't funny, this is happening. Uh, and the same with Wind River, but Wind River, maybe I hear. <laughs> I just love the music. Nick Cave and Warren Ellis, superb job. Moving on. <laughs> Number three, Miss Sloan. It's all about Jessica Chastain, Miss Sloan. So she's a lobbyist fighting you know, for whoever she wants to at the start of the film. Uh, and then the tobacco industry comes calling. And she, instead of courting them, she quits her job. She joins the small firm that's fighting against the tobacco. Yeah, not tobacco, it's the gun industry. I'm thinking of the the, the big two in America. One's tobacco, <laughs> one's guns. The, the lobbyists are so powerful there that they have 400 times the spending power of the government bodies that are against them. Uh, and this is all about her taking on the guns and it, it's all about Jessica Chastain. She's absolutely fearsome in it and also mm. fearless as well. You know, you wouldn't want to take this person on. It's superbly well-written. I got this confused with the um, the film she's in that Aaron Sorkin's just written. That's, uh, Molly's, Molly's Game. It's yeah. going to come out here, I think, in February next year. I thought this was the one he'd written <laughs> when I saw it. And I was like, oh, yeah, he's on before. I then I realised it wasn't. And I've heard that that's even better. So... No doubt another top 10 contender for me, but next year. Number two, Baby Driver, which you have seen. Oh my God.
2: (laughs) I spent the last seven months watching Twin Peaks. Oh, yes. Someone did a podcast I know about that. Who do I know who
1: did a podcast about that?
2: I have to say, the weird thing I noticed this year was there were lots of things that were out that I kind of wanted to see. But to be honest, with all this other stuff going on, Nothing was in the cinemas very long this year. Like, nowadays, actually, it seems that by the time I've realised that something is on and I've got time to go and see it... It's gone. It's gone, and then it's available on Blu-ray within a couple of months anyway.
1: Uh, but you yeah. haven't even watched it on Blu-ray yet. No. It did come out last yeah. month.
2: Yeah, but the Twin Peaks has only just ended for us.
1: <laughs> Whereas actually, it's I've, dying down very, very slowly. I've, I've, very slowly. Still yet to watch Yeah, exactly. Any of it. I exactly. Know, I know, I know, I know. So what box sets do I have to buy? That's another discussion. (laughs) (laughs) We're tangenting already. Uh, So Baby Driver in at number two. Um, What can I say? It could be the best film Edgar Wright has ever made uh, for some people. For me, it's certainly very good. I think Shaun of the Dead will still forever be my best Wright film. Uh, But yeah, cracking acting all around. Happens to have someone in whose name we won't mention. Uh, Unfortunately, side product of what's happened later in the year with him but Ansel Elgort in the lead and Lily Collins as the lead actress are both absolutely fantastic the choreography of the film is some of the best stuff you're ever going to see all the music you're hearing is what Baby's hearing he has an inner ear problem so he listens to music to drown out the sound the soundtrack of the movie is just what he hears and it's the matching is brilliant There's the best chase scene given this is a getaway movie is done on foot not on cars <laughs> Is to a track by, I can't remember who performs it, but it's called Hocus Pocus, and it's him free running through the city to try and get away from the police, and every time his foot lands, he's hitting a beat of the track. Mm. There's a bit where he's hiding behind a tree while there's a weird yodeling solo, <laughs> which you're like, hiding behind a tree, yodeling solo. It works so well. It's amazing. Do you know what else works? The lemon icing on these ginger
2: biscuits you bought in.
1: Oh, but, but, you eat them now because mm. I have to keep talking, and then it's your turn to talk for a while. Ah, so yes, thank you to the kids down the road running a charity store where I got them from. Uh, so time for number one film, mm. which I don't know if you've seen or not. Almost certainly not. And it oh, a drum roll. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Dunkirk. <laughs> no. 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 And you have not seen Dunkirk. Um, so I again, this this actually made our our top twelve on the show. So I have talked about it already today. So I, I might just repeat myself a little bit. Mm-hmm. A lot of the films, and th- this was a question that came up, was is a, war films are all about the glorification of war? You know, this is not that type of war film. It's all about survival. Mm-hmm. It's a survival thriller. You know, at no point actually in the films, I think maybe at the end, do you even see the Germans you know who are penning in you see some french soldiers who were also there in the defense but otherwise it's all about tommy the main character who was a tommy trying to escape it's about what's the other so it takes place on land sea and air so it's about mark rylance coming with the little ships and it's also about tom hardy as the spitfire pilots who everyone wondered where they were it's mm. like they were the reason you weren't getting bombed continuously <laughs> is the, the one answer so it's it's a very clever film the way christopher nolan's done it is he films so the amount of time that you're with each character is different so tommy's story takes three days Mm. the boat's story takes one day and tom hardy's story takes one hour but it cuts between all three now when i saw it the first time i thought and it flashes up the timelines at the start i thought this was signifying to us how long it took you to get home from this mm. point in Dunkirk. So, mm. if you're in a plane, you could be home in an hour. Yeah. And it was this this is the amount of time you have to survive, basically. But no, it's, this is the amount of story. So, there's a point where all three storylines merge together. Um, I, I don't want to spoil it, mm. I'll leave it for people. And this is a bit where the storylines merge, the soundtrack comes in, and it's actually my scene of the year, including having watched Star Wars now which had some lovely stuff in it, but this is just a moment of pure cinematic brilliance as far as I was concerned. The The whole film was designed around, to some extent, it was an experiment Nolan tried with the prestige in the soundtrack. It's called A Shepherd Tone, which is a continually rising tone created by layering a rising tone on a rising mm. tone. But when he wrote the script for Dunkirk with Emma Thompson, is it Thompson or Thompson? I can't remember. But he they wrote it, so that as the action takes place somewhere and starts to increase it then cuts to a scene that's already increasing increasing to match the music to the pacing Mm. and everything else it it, it's kind of like a another version of the baby driver movie where the sound is so important Mm. um and i think that's probably why i picked baby driver just because this had me on the edge of my seat throughout the entire thing it opens with a, a ticking watch that starts just as you see tommy for the first time and that watch is always there until the very, very end. And I'm not going to say what happens to him.
0: Yeah.
1: Cool. And that's it. <laughs> it's a good list. Mm-hmm. Lots of things to watch over the Christmas holidays, isn't it? Yep.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, Dunkirk's out on Monday. Yeah. Yeah. little yeah. promo there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, That's <laughs> nothing to do with me. Can, you, can I have a cookie now? Yes. <laughs> Yay. Yay.
2: No, I think it, that's the other thing about having uh, a list like that available, is that all the things we do miss, we tend to watch them sort of in the in the following months, and actually, now is a good time because it winds down a little bit at work and things like that. And we can sit down and watch
0: all of them, all of them,
2: which would be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And actually, a lot of films that you've now convinced me to see more urgently than I would have done. Well, they'll still be there, it's not urgent. <laughs> no, but there are ones where I was like, you know, mm-hmm. if you leave a film for enough time, sometimes it's like, well, I'll wait a little bit longer, I'll wait for it to come on Netflix or on TV and that. But I was like, yeah. I missed
1: one. <laughs> well, you can't. You can't have another go. I missed the number seven film. <laughs> Live with it. Oh, I can't. It's really good. <laughs> go on. It's, it's so it was David Lowery's new film, A Ghost Story, with mm. Casey Affleck hiding under a bed sheet, and everyone's like, "How how does this work? as a serious mm. movie? <laughs> it works so well. It's although I hear the design behind the ghost in a sheet was actually way more complicated than they realised because they said, like, "Oh, we'll just throw a sheet over him." When he sits up in the morgue the first time, it lifted up and showed his rear end to the camera. (laughs) Okay, not just one sheet. (laughs) We've got to layer this properly. Um, So so it's Casey Affleck and Rooney Mara as a married couple. He dies in a car accident very early on. This is not a spoiler. Mm. And then he watches her live the rest of her life in this house. He's he's kind of tethered to the house that they're living in. Uh, Watches her leave, watches new people come in. And it's the way he tries to interact with the world while understanding what's going on. Um, and then it's a very clever bit, it's, it's all about time again. Time is clearly a theme for me. <laughs> and they he gets to the end of the world basically but then it resets and he comes back to haunt the same spot from the beginning of time. And you see when people first try to build there and then the Indians wipe them out. But then a house came back eventually and then it comes back and he sees himself as the ghost. And it's time cyclical nature of everything but also the acceptance of death and moving on is mm. what the theme is about in the end and it, it's beautifully done it's shot in a four three ratio it looks like it's done on a slide projector mm. and it was absolutely beautiful the soundtrack is amazing mm. even if i think it's stolen bits of it from beasts of the southern wild but i think that just made me like it a bit more um so that's number seven on the list which i've just talked about last apologies unexpected prominence to film number seven (laughs) yes but top ten they could be they could be in any order these were the ten films I chose (laughs) in that order but they could be in any order yeah but I saw 82 films this year these were the ones there were a few just outside but these were the ones where I was like this is they have to be in the top ten what was your worst film of the year it was King Arthur, the Guy Ritchie one.
0: <laughs> Why does that not surprise me? I haven't even seen it it doesn't surprise me.
1: There, There is a few other contenders in there, but don't no, I remember that? It's just awful. It really is. I mean, yes, there should be some element of magic and mysticism in King Arthur, but it shouldn't look like whatever it was he decided to produce. I mean, I'm going to give props to Jude Law, actually. Mm-hmm. He hams it up terrifically as the villain. Who doesn't really exist in the legend, as far as I know. Like, um, and Eric Barner also playing King Arthur's dad for about two minutes before he gets axed mm. by some kind of murder demon the Guy Richie has put <laughs> in the middle. Like, it's so There's war elephants that are 40 times as big as an elephant. <laughs> like,
2: they're magic. That's because, that's because they're war elephants. Why are so. they going
1: to fall over? <laughs> they just vanish if, if he kills the wizard? No. <laughs> uh, oh, absolute shambles and I thoroughly hated myself for going to see it. <laughs> Again, unexpected
2: prominence to the worst film of the year by placing at the end of this discussion.
1: Yeah, maybe we should have done that first. Yeah,
2: maybe. That yeah. was my thought.
0: What, what's, your, what's your view on some film critics putting Twin Peaks in Return in their list of their best films of the year?
1: How long is it?
0: <laughs> well, it's it's eighteen episodes. It come, I think comes like sixteen hours and fifty minutes yep. or something like that. But well, I mean, David Lynch said that he just made a long film and chopped it up.
1: You could say that about
2: several other TV <laughs> series, really. He's he's not. But then... it's very rare that an actual TV series then gets placed on critics' end of the year film lists. Yeah, this is what they, like it happened, I think,
1: with it was Sight and Sound. Tentown, they did it? Yeah. They did it? Where put it in second place? Is Um, I I don't know if I entirely I I think the reason I don't agree with it and we've actually started doing Netflix films on the radio this year is because you can't pause a film in a cinema if you step out to miss something it's usually a sign of one thing's one you've not done your drink schedule carefully (laughs) two the film is not good enough to hold you in your seat Um, and three if that's the case while you're watching (laughs) so that's probably only two points really but when we were doing the Netflix films, we we have done part of the discussion is what's the beauty of Netflix? I'm like, it's not. I actually kind of find it an irritation. I like watching TV series on that because I'm used to ad breaks. I'm used to being able to just pause them. When I watch a film, I don't want to be able to pause it, especially if I'm watching it for the first time. Uh, another film that came close to my top 10 was Mudbound that's just come out. Uh, that's Netflix only release. It's about Two Americans, one white, one black. They go away to fight in the Second World War. Their family are down in the deep south. The black family are tenant farmers on the white family's land. And when the sons come home, it's about the, you know, the black soldier. He's been a hero over in Europe. You know, he has a, a German girlfriend who he leaves behind to come back to his family. Uh, and he is treated so completely differently, and it's all about this tension that starts rising up. Whereas the the white guy he was a pilot he's saved by a member of the uh, what was it tuskegee airmen mm-hmm. the, so the, the red tails mm-hmm. comes in and, and saves him when his bomber's being torn apart by fighters the guy comes in saves his life uh, so he has you know he's already a person who respects everyone anyway but now he just can't tolerate anything going on around him and it, this tension rises and as much as you get the stormy scenes and stuff you get even more attention in the actors and it, it's absolutely superb except i could pause it and walk out the room to make a cup of tea and i found i ruined the film for myself doing that so tv shows i haven't watched it as you know mm. so I, I can't make a decision it's certainly something that i think is going to be more and more considered mm. i know there was another i think it was something like the teen choice awards though mm. Where for the first time they gave an award to a TV show instead of a film. Hmm. But I don't think that counts because the teens in question might not know the difference between TV and a film. <laughs> and mobile phones. <laughs> well, I said, yeah, <laughs> I, I say, Why would you watch something on a tablet? Yeah. It's, it's just tiny. No, 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 no. Go to the cinema and don't pirate it. That's my job. <laughs> <laughs> stopping you, I mean, stopping you is my job. <laughs> But we should let you get on with that biscuit. Yes, please. And also, this would be a good time for a break.
2: <laughs> okay, so we're back. And now is the thing which uh, we came here to do, which is to talk about Star Wars The Last Jedi. Woo! Yes! <laughs> <laughs> a tiny chair! A tiny chair! Um, with. One, uh, yes. and, Uh, So yeah, Dave's here, Beck's here, I'm here, and I think we're going to go heavily spoiler-filled, I think, uh, as we discuss what we thought about the new Star Wars. It's one of those things where, you know, very few films will warrant a whole discussion on on Cakesnail, I think. But to be honest, it's such a big thing, and everyone has feelings about it.
0: Yeah, so if you haven't watched it, stop listening, because we're going to spoil everything
2: but when you have watched it remember to come back and listen
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> please please
2: okay so it's only been like a day mm. odd uh since it's come out and already it's kind of a very polarizing film in terms of the reviews um what's your general feeling on whether yeah, you know is it a good film is it a bad film
0: well i enjoyed it more than the force awakens mm. to be honest um I still have mixed feelings about it but overall I, I thought it was, a, it was a more interesting film than The Force Awakens because mm. The Force Awakens felt very much like a bit of a rehash of A New Hope in mm. some ways and it hit a lot of the same beats and there was an awful lot of getting all the new characters together whereas in this one everything's already in the middle of everything and it just keeps going.
2: Do you think that people are taking the fact that it goes in a slightly different direction from other Star Wars films as a bad sign are they you know are the things that people are not liking the fact that it doesn't stick too closely to the way that Star Wars films usually
3: are.
0: It's weird, isn't it? Because people criticised Force Awakens for being too much like Episode Four, and then they're annoyed that this one is too different from all of the others. Mm. So they kind of can't win no matter what they do.
2: Yeah, and I think overall, I mean, it's I think there are bits which are really good. There are bits which. I'm not that keen on but there are lots of bits which I haven't really processed yet I think properly they seem different and I think they're sending out maybe a different a different message to the average Star Wars movie
0: so right what did you reckon Dave you saw it at midnight the first possible showing
1: 2D or regular or 3D or whatever it was normal 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 showing not IMAX IMAX or anything like that Mm. because the IMAX one was 3D only and that hurts my face and my eyes more importantly which are in my face (laughs) (laughs) it's a good start yes uh, so I, I guess plot first? There's a, there's
2: Vaguely. Vague, vague, vague we'll somewhere.
1: spoil everything else except for the plot. <laughs> 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 this is this is where I could turn into harsh riffing to say, Well, it's not really worth spoiling. <laughs> oh no. Um, <coughs> big one So the film this time, it does pick up nearly where the Force Awakens left off. This is kind of a first for Star Wars. There's no years of gap, it's just straight in there. So Ray's gone off to Anto try and find, well, we know she finds Luke Skywalker he's there it uh, opens with a, a lovely little scene between the two, which I've seen several people refer to as a throwaway scene for reasons that will come clear once you see the movie and while she's over there, the rest of I refuse to call them the resistance the rest of the rebels the rest of the rebel scum Yes, uh, they know that their base has been found obviously, Starkiller base was about to blow it up before they blew up Starkiller base, so they they've full on evacuation mode and the first order arrives at the planet for the first time in the new trilogy a space battle ensues yes j.j abrams that's one in space not on a planet's surface (laughs) Mm -hmm. the space battle ensues are probably my favorite part of the entire film (laughs) and this is still the first five minutes Mm. the rebels do enough to escape and the rest of the movie from where they're concerned becomes kind of a chase movie they found that the First Order can track them through hyperspace. It reminded me a lot of Battlestar kind of Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so they're, they're staying kind of out of range of the big cannons because they can, they can run, but they can't hide, essentially. So their plot is to... They're just trying to get to somewhere where they can turn and fight. Rey is spending her time with Luke, trying to persuade him to either train her or to come back and fight against the darkness. And then we've got the other new characters. Poe is involved in some kind of mysterious mutiny um, (laughs) while he's trying to save the fleet in the way he thinks is best. Uh, I guess it's kind of lessons learned for him is what this story is about. And Finn wakes up from his coma remarkably quickly Mm. and with a new character called Rose, played by Kelly Marie Tran, Mm. they go off on a side mission to try and find a way around the First Order's defences so that they can try and stop them tracking them and then the rest of the film just kind of follows on from there and I think it's a good way to kind of start it, it, eventually the rebels stop turn and fight mm. and after oh. about six endings it finally uh, has it, it, does. <laughs> yeah, it, it does do a bit of a return <laughs> of the king um, I mean actually we already discussed this but this is one thing it does actually end Yeah, um, it kind of feels like they've put an end to the saga mm. except they haven't obviously yeah I hear there's another one coming out. Uh, another yeah. you
0: know, hundred, by the sounds of it. Well, the way knows? Disney fans are going.
1: So, overall thoughts: yes. good, bad, ugly. I think ugly, actually. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, it had stuff I enjoyed. Uh, the question I asked myself the most when I came out the cinema was Did I just watch a Star Wars film? Yeah. <laughs> I I really couldn't decide if I'd watched. You know, there were there were throwbacks and hints about the old films in there. I found that the time that was spent with the old characters, so Carrie Fisher as Princess Leia, Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker, more of that please, that was what I was actually interested in. Um, I know they're meant to be handing over to all these new characters, and I was quite frankly, I was like, Poe, you're not Han Solo. <laughs> you never will be Han Solo. You need to be, you can be a cocky, arrogant pilot all you want, but you have to be your own character. You, you can't just Channel Harrison Ford's lines <laughs> into him, you know. Finn was just turned into a glorified side quest. I so. yeah. I, their 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 little story offered no opportunities. I I don't even know why it happened. Their their plot is like we have to find this thing to stop them from tracking us. It's like, and then it doesn't work. And <laughs> it's like, okay, oh come on, <laughs> you just wasted it. And that's that came what I it was dangerously close to prequel. Territory yeah. Yeah. with this unnecessary chase scene on a casino planet with admittedly very cute CGI creatures, not the porgs. Mm. We'll get onto them later. We will get to the yeah. yeah. um, These kind of weird gazelle things. There, there's one important bit in that, and that's spreading the message of hope and resistance mm. because that comes back at the end of the film. You, you cut back to the kids, they, they get help mm. from on the planet, and one of them kind of holds a broom like a lightsaber <laughs> and goes, Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> but The rest of it's just like, and why are they here again? I forget. Oh, Benicio del Toro's in this movie. God, he's in everything, isn't he? <laughs> hey, is this Guardians Guardians Three? Did did they get into Marvel? I, I don't, well, they could now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Ugly is possibly uh, is it's a not a nice word to use, but it might. Again, I've only seen it once. Yeah, will it grow on me? Will I decide? No, this is too much like the prequels. It, it it's very messy. I think is mm-hmm. you know it cut back and forth an awful lot instead of having yeah. one kind of focused storyline. I mean, I don't know how the old films did it, but they did mm-hmm. take some lessons.
0: The, the The whole side quest when they go off to find the code breaker and then they end up with a different person and then they go on the ship. I kept even when it was all going wrong and they were getting captured and everything. I kept expecting there to still be some purpose for the side quest, by which they would then be able to do something else, which then helped contribute mm. to to saving everyone. But um, am I am I not remembering it right? Or did in the end did they just escape again and fly back to the? So they didn't actually do anything useful.
1: Correct. Yeah. Yeah. This is what I mean. They they sent away to do this thing. It goes wrong, <laughs> and it puts everyone in more jeopardy than they were in them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because they they, they, went, they so basically yeah. screwed up the plan because yeah. Del Toro's character ends up betraying them yeah. um, because he's paid more money by the first order. They, they knew that was going to happen, but it's weird because I think it. You know, oh, we
2: watched the Force Awakens sort of a couple of weeks back in, in vague preparation, and yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> vague. Well, I think it seemed like it would be useful to do that, but and although this does pick up, like you say relatively soon if not immediately mm-hmm. after in most places yeah. uh, the events of the force awakens it, you know it, like tonally it's very disjointed from not only the force awakens but actually all the previous star wars films like you're like, saying yeah. it doesn't feel like it's it feels like it's uh in the same universe but really seen from a completely different perspective that is very jarring if you're used to the star wars films being of a
1: certain Kind of structure yeah. and tone. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm fine with a director putting their hmm. own stamp on something, but if you have an established franchise with a universe with rules, Star Wars fans are even more fanatic than Marvel fans. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it you've got to stick to some of the rules. I, I, I like Ryan Johnson's films. I think hmm. he's done some cracking stuff. Looper, uh, Brick yeah. in particular. Brick hmm. is an absolutely fantastic film. But what he's done here. I think is so different that people are going to turn around on it. I know all the critic reviews are coming in positively. Uh, well, not all the critics, because here's me calling it an ugly movie. Um, but I do wonder, although someone, someone on the radio show today pointed something out to me. He said, we weren't allowed to talk about it because Mark hadn't seen it. <laughs> but I had a word with Jack afterwards, and he said, it's very funny. When everyone went to see The Force Awakens, you know, it got all the good reviews, and then afterwards all the fans said, oh, but it's just the same as a new home. And the same thing's happening now, because all the fans said, we wanted something different, we wanted something special, (laughs) and now they don't. (laughs) And I'm like, damn it, I'm one of those fans. (laughs) I feel feel like I'm cheating myself. Um, I'll say, you know, as ugly as it was, there was always the good stuff as well. Like The opening space battle, The Force Awakens did not actually have a space battle, Mm. it had a battle in the atmosphere, I was like, this is... Abrams' Star Trek movies suffer mm. from the same things. No one actually wants to go into space and do yep. a fight. The space battle in Return of the Jedi, even that so that was 1983. Nothing has gone better. Battlestar Galactica maybe, yeah. but again on our whole discussion of TV and yeah. films earlier that's a different thing. This is second best. Return of the Jedi is still the best because you've got Billy Dee Williams in the Millennium Falcon just going, woohoo! As he blows up a Death Star. Uh, this has a fantastic sequence where a a new ship the first order design comes in Mm. and poses like I'm taking that out Mm. I am having that on Mm. my spaceship and he doesn't actually do much aside from blow up lots of cannons which didn't seem that effective anyway if I'm (laughs) honest Uh, especially when all these TIE fighters suddenly appear and destroy everything he was trying to protect oh but that's how battles go Mm. I, I actually thought that was really good Uh, And the way they filmed that was spectacular as well. It was just two massive armadas going towards him. like, yeah, this is how wars are actually thought. You know, you you look back at the Napoleonic Wars as the best example the Battle of Trafalgar. We just sailed straight at the French and went, oh God, I hope this works. (laughs) (laughs) And this is kind of the same thing. And that actually leads to some of the best character stuff for him because that's when Carrie Fisher demotes him after the Mm. battle saying, Yes, you did this, but you lost. You know, you weren't thinking. Mm. We've lost most of our pilots, we've lost all of our bombers, mm. and you've taken out one ship, and we're all dying here, mm. Poe. You've got to think in the boot. So he actually got the character art that way. Finn became a fanboy. <laughs> I don't yes. know. He didn't. He, he had one, one chance of absolute glory which was then snatched away. Yeah, yeah. That was the bit where I was like, "Oh my god, this is going to turn into the best movie." Oh, what? Oh, okay. That just happened then. It would've been a very brave move to actually so.
2: allowed him to complete his mission. Yeah. and I think the fact they didn't it showed a lack of balls.
1: Yeah.
2: And I think it it undermined the character a little bit and maybe the way that they were trying to show this as a new way of doing Star Wars movies because they kind of chicken out by, by not yeah, doing that
1: because the, the a lot of the things this is about handing over to a new Ooh. set of people and I, I, I told you this earlier I don't want to I the old people were way more interesting <laughs> and this is true throughout this entire film uh, and that bit Finn became very interesting it did give Rose's character mm-hmm. some development though because she she's the reason he ends mm-hmm. up you know not doing the mission and it's like oh and then of course at the end of it they shove her in a coma So it's like oh god when will she wake up hopefully the next episode or I don't know maybe not <laughs> but stop putting people into comas at the end of the new <laughs> well, film well don't worry because they wake up about uh, two minutes
2: into the next film uh, with like liquid leaking out of them all over the place and everything's yes. fine uh, oh
1: bless BB-8 he did save some moments for me I, that was one of them <laughs> I was like what do you mean naked Finn water <laughs> Finn's just walking around leaking out all the medical food uh, why haven't they back to tanks?
2: They <laughs> awesome. <laughs> it looked quite flimsy, that coma casing he was in as well. Did you not know exactly? Yeah. The bit where the 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 glass casing thing flings yeah. open. Yeah. It looked like a real prop, a really crappy prop as well. It was all a bit wobbly and a bit and a bit rickety. I mean,
1: it, it, that it annoyed me greatly. It, it looked like something out. from the original films. Yeah. Um which I don't expect. I know. Except <laughs> <so> I do. <laughs> so I was like, ooh, that's quite good. It reminded me a lot of the medical bay in at the end of Empire, where Luke's getting his hand reattached, okay. uh, as opposed to the start of Empire when he's in the giant mm. gun tank. <laughs> Just being like here, swim underwater, you'll be fine after a few hours.
3: Whew.
1: No more wounds. Brilliant. But going back to what you're saying about the very
2: start of the movie, hmm. what I did like, I think throughout it. Uh, so we saw it in in 3D on the IMAX, and Ooh. usually yeah, I don't like those things.
0: Sorry, that wasn't an intentional choice. <laughs> oh, <laughs> We went with some friends and they booked the tickets and then they said, oh, yeah, we're going to 3D IMAX. Was so this at like, oh. the light? Yeah. Because oh. yeah. oh, okay. um, normally I, I can't stand 3D. It's just. And, and it's now, just.
1: I know it's all around you, <laughs> 3D.
0: I know, it's just an annoyance. It's like, I don't want to be wearing this annoying pair of glasses while watching something when. I mean, at least it wasn't too intrusive in terms of waving yeah. stuff in your face deliberately and stuff like that. But I still would have rather just gone to see in 2D. Mm.
2: But it did look spectacular, mm. the film. I think mean, overall it's it's remarkable how seamless everything looks and how I think even the last Jedi versus the force awakens it looks better you know it's a much you know it's a much sharper looking film but mainly you know like attack of the clones looked a lot more cgi than the phantom menace yeah. there was that weird thing where all of a sudden everything the, looked the fight like. at the end in the arena yeah. was just rubbish yeah. <laughs> but, it, but I had that same feeling where it felt like the force awakens was uh you know it was a you know it was a a good opening to a trilogy mm-hmm. and i think this one much like attack of the clones to the phantom menace it looks like it looks a lot snazzier there's a lot more effort going into it but it's a bit flabbier as a film yes. and it's not like i mean it doesn't
1: really it didn't have to push the story on two and, and a half, half
2: hours long yeah i think you could have cut maybe
1: the side quest. Yeah, I di- I'm sorry. but then you wouldn't have anything for Finn to do. Well, but maybe that's the problem. Well, that, know, yeah. yeah, I think he's done that because suddenly they've, dis- they've suddenly discovered, oh no, what do we do with John <laughs> Boyega? <laughs> like, employ him. <laughs> Obviously, well they've done that. Yeah. And he's okay, under cause contract. It, he had put him in the film. Yeah, and yeah. he's a fantastic actor. Mm. So I'm really glad he's in it. But I want to see him doing more. Yeah, uh, you know, he blew me away when Attack the Block came out. Yeah. and he's got the lead role in that. was just like, he's going somewhere and it went to star wars in space and they shoved him in a bed and it's just like oh my god <laughs> it was strange i think that they gave so
2: much screen time to ray and poe and it was noticeable how they didn't put as much effort or know what to do with finn whereas in yeah. the force awakens i think it was pretty evenly split and well, if anything was not actually po, much. yeah yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, speaking of ray we haven't <laughs> <laughs> whoops <laughs> I think that's the first thing on your list that we just breezed right by. Let's talk about Ray.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, for, for me, in, in some ways, the, all the scenes filmed on the island with Ray and Luke, because because it was a, a physical location, it felt more Star Wars-y to me. Mm. Whereas some of the other bits that were so internal, so contained inside spaceships, that sometimes could have been any spaceship and any mm. kind of the sci-fi things it didn't it didn't have that same feeling that you know when you watch the original trilogy and there's all those glorious locations that they shot in because yeah. you couldn't do giant cgi yeah. backdrops so much it, filming it in a real location it had the kind of the heft of something that i felt like this feels like mm. star wars
1: yeah um, they they were talking a lot when they made the force awakens about leaving the cgi out and returning Whereas this one feels like it, like I said, it, it's gone pre probably, yeah. it's gone the other way. Yeah. You're right though, Ethan, it does look better. But what of all the shiny fox things? <laughs> it, it's things like that. Yeah. And of course, the porgs. is mm-hmm. now a good time to talk about. No, por- well, we should no. stop talking about Ray. <laughs> uh, again. Yeah, let's go back to, yeah. to Ray yeah. yeah. So they're on a real island. <laughs> we know that.
2: So well, I think, right, so, so, so that's a section of the film which directly follows up on what happened at the end of The Force Awakens. And right. I think when I saw that, I remember thinking they could have at least given you know, Mark Hamill a word, something at the end of The Force Awakens, after you see him and you're like, wow. And so I think that was one of the bits which I really anticipated. I think it's one of the things that happens in this, where I don't think that set of scenes really works. I think it goes on for quite a long time. And I think the problem is I was really excited to see Mark Hamill return as Luke Skywalker. A problem I had with The Force Awakens I... I felt more strongly about it as I rewatched it a couple of times over the last couple of years is I'm not super convinced by Daisy Ridley's acting skills. And I don't want it to sound like really, like really harsh, but I think it's odd when you're being out acted by Mark Hamill, <laughs> you know, cause she like, her, there's something very drama schooly about a lot of the younger cast in this film. Which I think, I, think I think it was she a bit went jarring. To the same
1: drama school as one of my cousins. <laughs> but was <laughs> a your a cousin the lead a, a different... in a
2: Star Wars movie?
1: <laughs> no, one of my cousins was nearly in a James Bond movie. That would have made awkward watching for me. It <laughs> was like, oh, no, I don't want to see that. No, <laughs> get away. Sure. Uh, no, I, I, I think you're right. Uh, She's come from. It feels like I am going to call it the London School of Drama <laughs> for <laughs> any actor who's come out of one of the many schools of drama. There is more than one, and none of them is called that. <laughs> but it probably is. She. I actually thought she did better in this movie because in the first movie, someone pointed out she she's this kind of suddenly invincible character mm. who can do everything for no apparent reason. Mm. And in this one, at least, you know she knows she's she thinks she knows she's a Jedi now. I am mm. still not convinced. If she's a Jedi or not? No, she's not. She's she's tapped into the Force for sure. So much anger, though, young Ray. So much. <laughs> anger. You are going to I, that. I thought. I mean, we I know we're doing spoilers, so I will say yeah. I thought that was going to be the biggest twist. I yeah. thought she was going to turn to the dark side in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was. I'm not going to say let down. I actually wanted more of her storyline because she kind of disappeared once she mm-hmm. got off the island. Yeah, there's a there's a brilliant climactic scene. She, so this is the best thing you have to wait all three films in the original saga for Luke to finally face the Emperor, yeah. where she goes and tries to slap Snoke in the face yeah. really <laughs> <laughs> right, so, screw this, we're going Luke, stay here if you want I'm going to fight the bad guys yeah. and he's like, oh okay, bye <laughs> leaves Mark Hamill on his island yeah. um, and then of course we've got Adam Driver as Ren as well, because yeah. you, you actually have to talk about Ray and Ren together because mm. they've got they do these weird force mind melding scenes. So I'm really thick here. I just realised
2: that their names are quite similar. Sorry, that was me being really thick. Okay, <laughs> Ren, Ray. Ren Ray
1: Ray Ray. <laughs> no, no, Ray Ray. That that's the scene under underground where she sees the multiple Rays. Ray 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 Ray. <laughs>
0: I quite I like that scene. I thought
1: that was pretty yeah. cool. That was the the bit we were talking about. That's a flashback to kind of the the tree in Empire, mm. where Luke gets his vision. This is her vision, uh, where she thinks she's going to see her parents at the end of it, and instead she sees herself, and she sees herself, and herself, and herself, and herself. And herself. Mm. Very very nice to actually see that in the film. Mm. Very different from Ryan Johnson, but somehow also more Star Warsy than a lot of the stuff yeah. he did. Mm. Um, I've Got distracted now. What we oh, the, the we're trying to between... talk about Ray. I know can... <laughs> oh, that was about <laughs> so it's the scenes between Daisy Ridley and Adam Driver. Yeah, they've, they don't know how they've suddenly managed to connect their minds together, but they have. And there was some really good stuff there because Adam Driver seems to know a lot more as <laughs> his character than Daisy Ridley knows because he knows what actually happened to him. Daisy Ridley only knows the story, she's only actually been around for two weeks in the films, mm. maybe maybe even just a week. <laughs> this is a short time frame. It's like, well I know he's the bad guy. Why is he the bad guy though? And that and we don't know either. And that's a question that gets answered. Um and it's because Luke is scared is the ultimate answer. And he tries to off him mm. just for a moment. And that's when Adam Drive <laughs> happens to wake up and see Luke hovering over him with a lightsaber. Yeah. Oh uh I was just going to cut your hair while you were asleep? <laughs> Awkward! And um, they, they they play this scene two or three times. It's like, okay. And it turns out this is all a manipulation by Snoke, who might be the most powerful force user we've ever seen in the Star Wars films. Who's gone. He's gone now. Yeah, it's brilliant. I love that scene. I thought, awesome. However, I also thought very predictable about what's going to happen next. Adam Driver's going to full-on Darth Vader. <laughs> And he does. He th- This is the bit in Jedi where, you know, the Emperor actually wants Luke to kill him because killing him will turn into the dark side, then he can rule the galaxy with Vader. Adam Driver says, oh, screw this, I'll kill him. <laughs> and then you rule the galaxy with me. And if you don't, oh, I'll kill you anyway. <laughs> like, yes, well done. That's how a despot should act. <laughs> but did
2: you not think that, I mean, just this thing about Snoke, did you not think it was, I mean, it might have been cool to watch it, but after all the build-up which you get in The Force Awakens, isn't it completely underwhelming to have him, A, taken out as easily as he was, given that he's just explained that he can get into the minds of everyone and see exactly what they're going to do. Yeah. And then also to have him disappear without any backstory, given that they could have either had him as a mysterious character in the beginning, or decided to do something that elaborated on who he was, where he came from, how he had all these tremendous force yeah. powers.
1: I mean, the the beauty of the original films was... For some reason, we never asked that about the mm. Emperor. Mm. I mean, obviously, we have the prequels now, which did mm. a terrible job of explaining it. but mm. well on George. Um <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, That was George. <laughs> that, was George that was George Lucas just there. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, best buds. Yeah. Uh, and and for Snoke, people actually started asking questions. With mm. the Emperor, it's just like, well, there's this wrinkly Scottish dude. Mm. He's in charge of stuff. <laughs> uh, but hey, look, Darth Vader. And I think the problem is that most people are not looking at Adam Driver's character Kylo mm. Ren and going, "Hey, Darth Vader, too."
3: Mm.
1: Mm. And that's actually brought up by Snoke's character, who says, "You're not Darth Vader. You never will be." <laughs> so it's no surprise he <laughs> offs him. <laughs> so,
3: what do you
2: mean? I can't be my grandfather. <laughs> Has anyone ever turned on? a lightsaber with their force powers. I know they can wield them, like they can get them to jump to them, but that
1: also annoyed me, the fact you could turn it on with his, you know, with his mind. Yeah, I don't think I've seen it in a Star... Because most of the time, it's they reach for it, yeah. it comes yeah. to their hand, they hit yeah. the activate. Usually, I go, Star Wars, nerd alert time, mm-hmm. it's because you have to double-click it to open it. It's a safety feature. <laughs> safety. <laughs> <laughs> Single-click will deactivate it, though, for the safety's sake. The, I mean, the, the, it's funny you mentioned the lightsabers. There's the bit later on when, you know, so they Ren murders Snoke, spoiler mm. <laughs> and then he and Ray take out Snoke's guards mm. and there's the bit where there's a guard just basically choking out of drive mm. to death because if you don't have a lightsaber, apparently you can't fight <laughs> but, um, so Ray throws her lightsaber to him and he just holds it up by the guy's mm. head and just goes on, off, <laughs> it's like why didn't you use your head, your mind powers, to mm. just turn that on and off? It's like, well, you don't know how that lightsaber works, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Or you
0: just, like, oh, this is going to look way cooler if. it's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: <laughs> But then it's like, oh, but that's the lightsaber you used to kill Snoke with. So clearly, okay. you do know how it works. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And now that lightsaber's gone. Yeah. Yeah. That scene mm. I actually quite liked with them, um, with Ray's like, well, I'm obviously not going to join the dark side. I was like, are you sure? You mm. still seem angry. <laughs>
2: Do you think that the way they have Ren being one of the few characters who doesn't really change in character in this film, he's just as emo as he was before, right? Do you think that that's more a, a statement on the fact that somehow even somebody as immature as him and misguided can still rise to power, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know in spite of all the all the training that everyone else is going to do, all the lessons everyone else is learning, he has managed to elevate himself to like head of the first order whilst being, you know, a bit of a tool the whole time as well.
0: Yeah, and not the smartest um, tactician. Hmm. Um, In fact, him and Hux are a couple of clowns at times. Hmm. Um, They keep getting outwitted by this tiny group of people with almost no resources. Hmm.
2: And yet he ends up in charge. Yeah. (laughs) I think there's a message there. (laughs) The lightsaber on its own. So do you think we even get a follow-up at any point to the uh, strange story that Maz has about how she got hold of Luke Skywalker and his his lightsaber in The Force Awakens. She goes oh that story for another time. But now, you know, she isn't really in it this time. Very yeah,
1: complicated.
2: It's complete nonsense. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden Didn't like that, the actually. lightsaber is gone <laughs> now. So actually like all these things which were signposts, possibly important, yeah. it's okay if you don't follow up on all of them. But you have to follow up on some of them.
1: Yeah, and where that came from yeah. is probably because last we saw it was plummeting out of bespin. Mm. <laughs> Still in Luke's hand. <laughs> Whoops!
0: But hang on, that, so that was Luke's original lightsaber. That was
1: so, Anakin's lightsaber. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah, but then the the one that Luke now has, cause he, cause, because he has one anyway. Which one is that?
1: Uh, he builds nope. one at the start of *Return of mm. the Jedi*. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. the green one. Mm.
0: That's Is the she... that's the one that he uses in the not fight at the end.
1: I can't remember. Actually. I think it was. I think it was that one.
0: Yeah. Or was it? The blue one? I mean, that, no, that, I think it that, was the green the thing.
1: one. I think it was the green one, wasn't it? Did Did you realise that was a projection of him because he cut his hair? <laughs> well, that was it. My thought. Well, the first thing I
2: I thought when I watched that was that was Whoa. that bit. Jedi looks a lot better. No, I... <laughs> no, because he turns up because Leia is like, "Oh, look, there you are!" Isn't it fantastic? And I just immediately jumped to that uh, the monorail episode of The Simpsons where Lyndon Nimoy shows up. <laughs> and he says, sorry, I'm like, I had to cut my hair because there's has crazy hair at the beginning. And, tur- and, I, and I just thought, has he literally, you know, it was such a rush, but he's got his hair cut. And I thought it's a bit weird. And then at the end, I was like, no, oh, that's what happened.
1: Yeah, so I, was, I think it might have actually been Anakin's lightsaber. And that just made Ren more mad. Like, I want my granddaddy's lightsaber to murder people with. Mine's crap.
2: For the record, uh, David's making weird angry fists. <laughs> oh, Yes. <laughs>
1: You did this last time to me as well. <laughs> <laughs>
0: going back to, to the big fight when Snoke has just been offed and uh, Ray and Ren are taking out the guard. Um, was I the only one who thought there was gonna be some weird switcheroo at the end. For for about thirty seconds I thought Ray is gonna go dark side, Ren is gonna go light and he's gonna go off and find his mum and Ray's gonna go all wow my parents
1: maybe <laughs> I still think there's the opportunity for Ray's character to do that because I don't think that's the truth about her parents mm. um, it, it does fit in with that scene from the first one where she has the force vision mm. and you know she's just been left with Unkar Plat mm. or Simon Pegg as he's mm. known to his friends um, and you see the ships and she's going no they need me but I assumed it's because her parents were actually some of the Jedi who got slaughtered back at the temple and Luke abandoned her there to save her and he was going to be this whole storyline.
2: Of- but that was the thing. I think it's now silly because they're going to have to spend episode nine, actually following up on the plots that started in the Force Awakens and mm-hmm. actually undoing some lot- of the stuff. Some of the stuff yeah. in a weird kind of way because you know if you do have a switcheroo like that, uh, where it turns out Ray's parents are actually important in some Skywalker mythology or even Jedi mythology more mm-hmm. broadly it will seem odd to have wasted this movie having a misdirection for no apparent reason because they could have just not talked about it in this movie yeah. they, they, they could have kept that mystery going for another one yeah. um, but instead they've deliberately said yeah no, they're just no,
1: they're just poor people who they sold were, you for money they were no
2: one, Snoke, you know, just this very angry dude very powerful, don't know where he came from it's all fine, he's gone now <laughs> You know, it, it, there's this weird list of things they start just ticking off saying these are all the mysteries, these are all solved uh, and this
1: is Finn, you remember him Yes, good. <laughs> hey, look, he's back.
3: Yeah. Oh,
1: he's he's get, crashed he's again. Oh. <laughs> oh. No, actually, actually, one of my like, my problems with the new trilogy that overarches the whole thing is what the hell has the Republic been doing before they get wiped out in The Force mm-hmm. Awakens? They won the war, against it. obviously, there's probably some mopping up to do, but they've allowed this supremely powerful thing to go on, and it's just like, how? How, and so that's that's got to be the gap of time between when Luke vanishes. Mm. So we don't know how long he's vanished for. I mean, that's a lot of facial hair there. It's not that much. Well, you
2: know,
1: compared to how quickly my beard grows.
2: <laughs> you know, if he's not shaving, for example, yeah. and it's just been growing, it's fantastically like that well maintained, though. It's well maintained, but it's not crazy long. No, you know, it's not like he. I mean, unless unless he does shave. Oh, but actually, you know what? On TV, they are advertising. Gillette razors with, <laughs> with the Last Jedi, so maybe there is some tie in there. I, I, I bought some Last Jedi crisps the other day. Maybe <laughs> forced you do, Dave Don't, don't, forced. <laughs> uh,
1: uh, well done, you. <laughs> but space Raiders, too. were they? Ooh. Oh, that would have been awesome. <laughs> I love Space Raiders.
0: Oh my god, they could actually do them in the shape of X-Rings and TIE fighters and things. Oh my God, there, how there was a,
1: a mystery shape in there and it was r 2 t 2 it wasn't oh. a mystery <laughs> it was the first crisp I pulled out and there's a. oh he's not on the back but he's in colour on the front as a picture so it's like, oh, no surprise then as a side note, would you have preferred The Last Jedi if it was all made with crisps instead of people <laughs> oh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tough one I'll have to chew on that for a bit hey! Hey! bad puns <laughs> thank you dad for those <laughs>
0: But you, you're right about how the first order has somehow sprung up, given how wildly incompetent most of its leaders mm. seem to be. General Hux. Oh yeah, he's... Oh, that
1: opening no, you... th- that did not work. It did they did not work at all. No, no. They don't have, I mean, they don't have hold. <laughs> it's a radio. <laughs> <laughs> it's a ra- radios do not have hold. It was like this. There's that whole banter in the first uh, Star Wars movie. Boring conversation, anyway. That scene, you know, where he's. But, you don't, some at no point, Ham Solo, does not try to put the officer on hold at the other <laughs> end of it. He just, you know, chats to him, says, it's all fine, realise it's not working, shoots the commune. <laughs> this one's just like, I, I'm holding for General Hux. Do you think that, that's
2: what is leaving a lot of people maybe starting off on the wrong foot with this movie? Yes. Because it's
1: an opening scene, which is, it would be funny if it was in Guardians. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the thing. But, They've tried to Guardians this movie. I think it. I don't know if Ryan Johnson's done it himself or there's been because it says it says written and directed by him. Mm. I expect a lot more of him. Yeah, he's you know he's got some good jokes in his films. Uh, the Brothers Bloom is quite a good kind of random knockabout comedy, mm. but it's meant to be a random knockabout comedy. The thing that I've always loved most about Star Wars is there is humour in it, the original trilogy, but they were still not meant to be funny. Mm. Um, and it was just the way the actors did their things. When it's written to be intentionally funny, yeah, it's straying away from Star Wars mm. again. And I think that's one of the... Th- Cause there every other line that Oscar Isaac had to spout out as Poe Dameron seemed to be one that had to make people laugh. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, I, 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 it feels like you're being disrespectful to the legacy almost. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit too arch, I think, it, having these things. It with. did happen in The Force Awakens as well, so... You know, let's not entirely put the blame mm-hmm. on Ryan Johnson here. I think it, it just felt more obvious this time. But around. it
2: goes on a long time. This scene for like what seems like a an important it's, opening. It goes on a little few bit. Minutes. Yeah. It seems a little bit
1: like it's appealing. It's deliberately appealing to a different audience. Yeah. I mean, and it, it just didn't work for me. There, there is the whole thing where they try to justify. Oh, it's a tactic. He's stalling to set something up. Mm. It's like why not just do it anyway without telling them? Because it doesn't work <laughs> for one thing. And then. Uh, Oh, no, I don't know it's just irritating it
2: doesn't me. help having um, Adrian Edmonds in it as well which adds to the humour of it in some kind of weird because <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I it's it a bit jarring realised
1: it was him I was focusing too much on angry angry Hux <laughs> is, he has crazy eyebrows in this yeah. they're I, very fluffy
0: I, I I find Hux too much in the in, in the previous film as well you know he's, he's not Peter Cushing he's it, every—it's like sometimes it's kind of verging on to carry on first order, you know. Mm. Like, every, <laughs> every time he flares his nostrils, I think he's going, "Oh, matron and fall over a drain <laughs> or something."
1: That, that, that might have been better humor because it wouldn't <laughs> be Guardians humor. Right. Uh, so someone said that his whole character is meant to be inspired by like a very young, very rage-filled Hitler, <laughs> and it was like. I can kind of see that, but I think everyone would have then not taken Hitler so seriously, <laughs> particularly the German people. <laughs> hopefully, it's well, just I think. And he... then again, who's the president of America at the moment? <laughs> I'm clearly wrong. And yeah, General Hux could happen. I think it's weird because
2: when you have him in the film behaving as he does, it's very jarring to see everyone kind of in their own film it's like they've all been given directions for how to play their characters but they don't seem very cohesive because it it doesn't i think work having these scenes where it's him and kylo ren in the same scene where you see how they're like because he just seems like a buffoon completely and is and it just doesn't it doesn't go with the rest of the universe in such you know such serious moments there's that one moment where
1: he thinks ren is dead after the confrontation with Ray Yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. and he goes to draw his blaster to finish him Mm -hmm. off. And then he gets up (laughs) Rebrain gets up and it's like Oh maybe I won't shoot you because you'll probably catch it and throw it in my face. So underneath the mania and hysteria Mm -hmm. there there is something to his character. Again we talked about this as well. They're out of old characters now. Mm -hmm. You know the the merciless slaughter of Admiral Atbar Mm -hmm. I know you're upset about that. that. Especially when Carrie Fisher space wizarded her way back in. I I didn't like that. Yeah, that that betrays the whole principle of the force. You cannot use the force if you are an ice cube. (laughs) (laughs) Luke Skywalker is not an ice cube on Hoff. He's just in a fridge, (laughs) not a freezer. So, you know, different vacuum of space. No. (laughs) That's the. It looked cool. Hmm. Actually, that. It looked cool, but that was one bit where I thought the CGI was a bit ropey, yeah. Yeah. When it, but they did the same thing in, oh god, we're talking about Guardians again, yeah. where yeah. Quill freezes his yeah, face. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're, they're, they're now having, in the new films, they've got to solely rely on these new characters they've put together. And they don't know what to do with all of them, as we already know from what happened to Finn. Mm. Um, I'm quite glad about Rose's character, I thought hers was actually interesting. Mm. Especially when you realise there's a there's a clue early on that her sister is one of the ones on the bombers that are all wiped out at the start, Um, and her storyline was quite impressive. When and she's got the best message of the movie, where she saves Finn and says it's not about getting everyone else; it's about saving what you love. Mm. It's like this would be a very good point if all the stuff he loved you just stopped him saving. (laughs) Ah, <laughs> but also you clearly love him, um, so maybe they're going through a love triangle between him, her, and Ray. Because Ray <laughs> was sat there on the Falcon at the end, going, "Well, I'm back now, and everyone's in a couple." <laughs> Jeez, what have they done? Because she keeps asking about things throughout the yeah. entire movie. It's like, I thought you were just really good mates. I mean, oh, maybe you are, but you look very disheartened by this. <laughs> Then again, you know, people are in a coma. Apparently, it makes them more attractive. <laughs> <Gone by Edgar>. <laughs> <laughs> with
2: Poe kind of trying to do his own thing and essentially create mutiny and all this kind of business. And then you have that countered with the fact that within half an hour or so of the film, it turns out that Lori Dern's character knew what she was doing the whole time and it was all part of some plan. She didn't want to, I think, have the whole thing fall apart with Poe screwing things up even further you know to what extent do you think this is kind of a a comment on Poe's arrogance and hubris as you know as a lesson that he needs to learn and you know is it a respect your elders (laughs) situation or do you think it's just he you know he you know he needs to have some arc in the whole thing
0: well he he manages to screw things up multiple times and everything he does seems to make everything much much worse Mm. for everybody um, to the point where th- I was amazed that at one point, you know, they hadn't just completely fired him and said, "Right, you're out, you're out of <laughs> the rebellion, just go away." I couldn't tell if they were trying to pitch him as a hand solo type. You, you can't be a hand solo type from within the organisation. The whole point of a hand solo type is that he was permanently outside yeah. of everything. Um, so it, it almost doesn't really work in some ways. Having that kind of reckless. Kind of charismatic person, just screwing everything up within the system, Mm. um, rather than just going off and doing their own thing. I mean, you know, they send Finn and Rose off to do their own thing, but then that just makes everything worse. Mm. Um, But at the end of it, I wasn't certain that anyone actually felt particularly bad about having made everything (laughs) worse.
2: So let so let's go a little bit more into this. Well, it's clear you have feelings about the use of the old characters and how much you love them and maybe how they were used in this film compared to how, you know, how the new characters incorporated. I mean, do you think that they did all the old characters justice in this movie, or were they just there for
1: window dressing? I'm gonna say yes, because I actually enjoyed the time spent with the old characters. Uh, sadly Carrie Fisher, you know, no longer with us, they won't put her in the new film, is what I've heard, although the story on that keeps changing every two months I actually thought she was underused I wanted to see more of her mm-hmm. scenes so after she does her whole space wizard stuff, she's then in a coma again oh, no more comas uh, she does get the fantastic moment where she actually gets to stun someone with a rifle, <laughs> having been victim to that herself in A New Hope uh, and she's still a very powerful presence, but I just think she doesn't get enough choices lovely scene between her and Laura Dern hmm. um, in one of the last scenes that they share together because uh, Laura Dern takes over as the Vice Admiral and she's actually quite good hmm. but well. underused I think again yeah hmm. uh, her her she comes up with the idea of how to save the rebels <laughs> basically which Poe and everyone else subsequently were in with the side quest <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's interesting
3: right there, in. that
2: they that they choose to have important subplots. Relegated quite a lot, you know, but by having more important inverted commas characters having their own plots which aren't that relevant, yeah, but, but are given similar weighting. So it's hard to kind of see what the overarching plot is you're meant to follow in this.
1: Yeah, it's just like because the, the the whole reason they go off on the side quest is they know how to stop the first order tracking them, but they can't get through their shield, and it's like. It's because they're locked onto something that's on your ship. Can't you turn it off on your ship as well? Maybe do that.
0: Yeah, all the way through, I thought it was going to turn out that they were tracking the same little doodad that oh. Ray. Yeah, that would have been clever, though. Yeah, I thought. I thought. Yeah. I, was, <laughs> 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 I thought that was going to be it, and then I thought, oh, someone's going to go off somewhere with it, and they're going to follow them, and realize okay. that actually they're following the. Yeah. And the, and the, they they would follow it to where.
1: Luke was in well Finn had it didn't he Finn, mm. go, when he goes up on the side quest he mm. takes it so that Ray can always find him oh, oh. but now yep yeah, back to the love triangle <laughs> that may or may not exist uh, but yeah the, the the old characters so the, there's Carrie Fisher and then there's Luke Mark Campbell, and Admiral Ackbar briefly he doesn't even get a line doesn't matter but, although of course I, I told you this earlier because you didn't know the character who played him died last mm. year uh, around the time of Rogue One yeah which May have affected casting there, We're not sure. He
0: yeah. never got to retire to open his snack bar.
1: <laughs> oh, if only he'd be able to just go, extra <laughs> just before, <laughs> yeah. It's a snack. <laughs> yeah. oh, no. oh, there it goes. <laughs> I could never watch any Star Wars film ever again. More Dave. Um, Yeah, I'll have Mm -hmm. the top up. Thank (laughs) you. Seems like a suitable point, doesn't it? Given that you've just ruined this podcast. (laughs) Do do you want me to talk about Mark Campbell a bit? Or yeah, yeah, go on then. Yeah, go on then. Go on then. So I know you made the whole thing about him out acting Daisy Ridley, bless her. I found it quite nice that he actually got to do something different. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Because in the original trilogy, even all the way through, he's. Always the hopeful farm boy. It's yeah. the only way to describe him. Even at the end when he's all dark and tormented and twisted, he still turns his father to the light side, saves the galaxy, burns his dad, and then the film ends.
2: And that was basically it. So why do we waste several hours watching the original? <laughs> Ewoks, that's why.
1: Mm. Um, whereas in this one he, he has he's really bitter and twisted. Uh, the the opening, the throwaway scene, yeah. as I'm ever gonna call it. So it opens as Ray passes in the lightsaber, and the first thing he does, he looks at it, and then he throws it behind him into the sea. That is the one bit of comedy where I think I could just keep watching that. But it things it doesn't go into the sea, does it? No, it goes onto a shelf. And that was the thing. if it gone to sea, it would have been a very different thing. Yeah, well, not really. Ray would have just jumped in and got it because Daisy Ridley can do everything. Oh yeah, um, I completely forgot about that. Yeah. Although actually, this is again the, the thing with her. They they give her some limitations in this film. Turns out she's not that good at the Force. That was one thing about Snoke's character, Mm. Impressive. The bit where she tries to summon the lightsaber and he just takes control of it, donks her on the head and brings (laughs) it back to his side. And yet still he gets blindsided by Adam Driver Mm. and run through with a button that may or may not be able to be pushed through the Force. (laughs) An important plot point there. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, Mark, Mark Hamill does quite well with what he's got. I liked the whole projected confrontation with Kylo Ren. Mm-hmm. Um, and the bit actually where he finds Ray talking to Kylo Ren mm-hmm. and Skylight, he basically loses it and blows up the hut. <laughs> <laughs> Daisy Ridley and Ray, whoever they are, the same person, the character and the actor, both fine. <laughs> did you know that Mark Hamill did a hand solo, or Harrison Ford rather, and sprained his ankle while he was filming? <laughs> Or did he try and sue them afterwards? <laughs>
3: <laughs> Samson
2: Ford tried to sue them. I think he, I think he won, didn't he? Didn't he get like damages from? Well what? No, I
0: think they they got well, some he, massive he health and safety fine oh, for okay. not um...
1: not having a door on a proper latch. Yeah. <laughs> not having the, the, the thing. Not having a warning label on the button saying. Millennium Falcon door, do not touch. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened. Someone pushed the button that or, they thought they were supposed to.
0: You know, they didn't. The, the the, they could have just had, like, colour in somewhere, just thinking, pressing the button. I was just getting over and over in there. <laughs> While why waiting for the confrontation.
1: <laughs> Screw you, Harrison. Nice <laughs> film.
0: <laughs> I hate you, Dad. thing is, do you think it was
2: good to bring him back and have him just be a really miserable, quite bitter.
1: Character. He he did do some good story, you know. He the whole idea of I'm going to teach you the lessons that the Jedi are not what everyone thinks they are, and some of that has actually been touched on. I so I've read a lot of the expanded universe mm-hmm. books before they all became junked with the mm-hmm. new thing. Oh, they should have kept the X-wing books, and they should do films about them. Dennis Lawson forever <laughs> as Wedge. He survived two Death Stars. Not even Luke's done that. Mm. Actually, at least this film didn't have a Death Star in right? mm. yes. it. Yes, he only had the
2: cannons from a Death Star. Yeah, but Empire didn't have a Death Star either. That's true. Yeah,
1: but it had enough going for it that we didn't worry about the fact that there wasn't one. In no, there. it it had a plot and character development, and all these things that this film seems to have just somebody can do that again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I really thought Ryan Johnson was going to, but, mm. yeah. but, it, but he's got his own trilogy of films now, hasn't he?
2: Because they've said that he's going, they're going to make what, a uh, new trilogy of Star Wars films that he's going to be in control. 10, 11, 12 I'm not sure if they're going to be 10, 11, 12. I think it's just a new oh, trilogy in the universe. universe. Yeah. Oh, okay. Is, uh, hmm. Which is why then, which is why it's interesting that he's kind of left it like this because I think, isn't J.J. Abrams going to come back and do the last one he now? He is, because <laughs> Colin Trevorrow dropped out. Yeah, he didn't drop out, he was booted out.
1: Yeah, there's been a lot of that recently. <laughs> <laughs>
2: but it's interesting because it might mean that J.J. Abrams might literally just make a sequel to The Force Awakens. And just forget a lot of the plots around, because there isn't much that actually you need. To, I mean, he might just set it like yeah. so many years afterwards that it doesn't matter that things need you know might be
1: retconned. He might just be like, oh yeah, so yeah. what? And then he he might make it even more closer to a New Hope, yes. where the rebels are just this tiny base, <laughs> even tinier. <laughs> they, they might just re-release a New Hope and just call it Episode Nine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I get on board the... with that. Yeah. <laughs> just you know, CGI people, John Boyega's face over Mark Hamill's yes <laughs> he could still be a Jedi I still believe
2: <laughs> so so what do you think about the mythology going in that direction where you know it turns out that this film may have actually been about the last Jedi and actually now the fort I mean it was weird it was hinted at in in Rogue one this idea that the forces you know uh, is uh, is not everywhere, but but other people can kind of tap into it a little bit, and it's yeah, clear that uh, that for, is now force sensitive. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. There, yeah. There's, I mean, there's, there is plot there to suggest that Finn is a force sensitive, mm. but he may never be a full-on force user. Let's call him force because he's always users. in a coma, yeah, <laughs> yeah that too, or or someone he cares about is, so he just has to sit beside them and hold their hand. Um, there's there's a whole the so one of the expanded universe things was that in the Expanded Universe, the books, the original ones, uh, Han and Leia have three children, uh, Jason, Jaina, and Anakin. Uh, Anakin dies heroically, fighting an alien species that exists outside the Force, and Jason kills Jaina... No, Jaina kills Jason when he turns to the dark side. But he turns to the dark side because he realises there's no balance to the Force. The Force is always there. It's (laughs) just how you use it. (laughs) And he... he becomes... Corrupted in and of himself and you know he thinks he's actually saving the galaxy when he's killing everyone mm. uh, including Luke's wife in that thing <laughs> that, that's a whole nother part of Star Wars that doesn't exist anymore but didn't
2: they are going to still use elements of those plots I mean not like directly enough that they have to pay more royalties but they can just kind of nick ideas and, and use them enough. I
1: wish they would because some of them are good and they've not yet and they really could have used them <laughs> um, I mean yeah, I feel like I'm, very, I'm being very down on the film it had lots of highlights mm. the, the whole end sequence, the last half an hour mm. is absolutely spectacular so when the rebels they don't actually stop running <laughs> I, I lied in my thoughts really. they run out of gas <laughs> 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 uh, but if they so, didn't they would have kept running uh, yeah, well, they, they, so the, the side quest is to try and disable the tracking whereas the leadership has said well hold on we can sneak people away to this planet that we're just going to be going by anyway in quote ships oh yeah, when did Cloaking appear in Star Wars? <laughs> oh no, no, it appeared in Battlestar Galactica <laughs> yeah. well, uh, uh, this is a Star Trek thing Anything, yeah. well, I else is like yeah, okay, the Klingons are here now <laughs> awesome Was it the wrong, oh, I don't care um, <laughs> Star- <laughs> what's, what's the wrong Star Trek? at the end of it you don't care Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I wonder if that might be the whole issue with this movie right. I, I do need to see it again but yeah, the, the, so Princess Leia and her Admiral, Vice Admiral, can't remember her name, Vice Admiral Laura Dern. I thought you were going to call her Admiral, Vice Admiral. Yeah. Oh, that's even better. I like it. So Princess Leia and Admiral, Vice Admiral uh, have developed a plan where they'll, they'll keep going and leading the First Order away and they'll just sneak down onto this abandoned base that no one knows is there. No one ever found it because it's an old... An, an actual rebel base mm-hmm. from back during the first galactic war, uh, and then this is all ruined by the fact that Finn's side quest brings a traitor to the guys who say, Hey, look, look, they're running away, look, look, shoot them all, destroy them. Uh, so there's the reverse hoff, as you put it, mm-hmm. where they fled to this planet, it's still the rebels in the trenches trying to defend against, oh my god, all of the walkers. Mm-hmm. Luckily, Laura Dern gets the best moment of the movie, mm. at this point where she takes the rebel flagship and just goes, hey, you know what I've got? A giant ass battering round. <laughs> you know what, you've got a big ship that I'm just going to hyperspace through the middle of it. That, that, for me, was actually one of the best moments. The way they filmed that, it, it all turned mm. to black and white. That was pure Ryan Johnson, mm. and that was brilliant, because it worked so well doesn't maybe fit in with the rest of Star Wars but I didn't care because it looked beautiful
0: yeah, but there were audible gasps in the cinema when mm. we were watching it mm. when that happened
1: oh I totally knew it was going to happen <laughs> and I didn't think I got I think I may have cheered though I just <laughs> kind of went <laughs> you know, just have it yes, Lord, did you then. stay for the bit after the
2: credits where it cuts to Abba who wakes up having landed on a planet <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> is he still like partially frozen and <laughs> just goes oh no <laughs> for his snacks <laughs> yes. where's my snack <laughs> fried bit of someone else beside him
0: <laughs> it's a snack <laughs> too dark it, it
1: is too alive. dark. it's <laughs> no. So
0: to have probably roasted porgs it's a snack <laughs> uh, oh, are
1: we, yeah. we going to talk about porgs now I'll, I'll do the noise again if you're not careful <laughs> 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 uh, porgs discuss so one of the reasons they're there is because when they're filming on Skelly Michael, you'll notice in the wide shots, you just see these birds everywhere. They can't get rid of them. That's their home. That's their habitat. You have to... Ten people a year are allowed to visit the island. So the the amount of money that the Irish tourist board has now is insane. And I hope, I really hope they do well for the preservation of stuff like that. It's amazing. Um, but yeah, in the wide shots, they've not CGI'd over the birds. They're just like... These are porgs from far away. It's like something out of Father Ted. Um, but when they come in close, it's like, do you know what? These are. They're a bit cynical, but they also seem to fit in well with the whole surroundings. More kind of mad and cynical were those weird frog nuns that tidied mm. up the place after Luke. He's like, is he that mm. messy? There's 12 of you. <laughs> Uh, okay, yeah. Ray's turned up on is blasting holes in things. But she won't always
2: be there. <laughs> I think at some point Disney realised that they couldn't actually sell people real birds. And... Yeah. So they were like, let's make these toys instead.
1: <laughs> let's have a puffin or two, shall we? <laughs> yeah, they, they could have just had puff. I'd love to see puffins in there instead. Mm. Puffins are cute. But no, you can't have one, Eason.
3: No. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want one.
1: Yeah, I know. I'll get you a Porg. That's fine. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they're... they're... It's funny. Someone said they like Tribbles. (laughs) At which point? I went, will you get Star Trek out? (laughs) Just get it out. They should never have given it to Abrams.
3: (laughs) What's
2: up with you on the the Chewbacca Porg scene? That is one of the most comically
1: dark, brilliant moments (laughs) of the entire film. But should he have eaten the Porgs He should have. (laughs) It's it's that little one who's still there after. Who scares the others away. Just going, no! My sister, juice <laughs> up. So, yeah, screw you. Eating her anyway. Ah, no, no, no. no. Mm, delicious. Come here.
2: <laughs> I think the one thing I didn't like about the porgs, amongst all the other things I didn't like about the porgs, was the fact like uh, they basically looked like both Ren and Stimpy.
1: <laughs> oh my god. Which is weird.
2: Really, I I, I realised I was, I was like, wait a minute. Somebody so, didn't get the moment properly it's like Stimpy's
1: ears on Ren's body yeah, and I was like this is, this is a different Wren just to <laughs> <laughs> kind of and Stimpy but, hey. all the porgs just whip out little cross-bladed lightsabers and slaughter the Jedi and hey! kill the two porgs next to them <laughs> <laughs> they would just attack Chewie and shave him Ooh. <laughs> scary it's a very bizarre scary thought. prospect <laughs>
2: than anything the one very striking thing about this movie and not just as a sci-fi movie but more generally is that it's it has made a i think it's fair to say a very conscious effort to be um, a very diverse movie as well i think it's actually really interesting that it's a sci-fi film that has lots of female leads it has a very sort of multi-ethnic cast and and everyone is involved in sort of the main the main action. It's not as sort of male led as other sci fi movies or potentially more, you know, just movies in general at the moment.
0: Yeah, one thing I did notice in this is that there were far more female pilots just in any of the given um, you know big action sequences and big space battles. Mm. There, there just seemed to be more women just working in the resistance than you maybe saw in some of the earlier films.
2: Hmm. i think especially with like uh uh princess leia and also laura dern's character's name i keep forgetting it's interesting that they're in charge and actually they make the they make not only the the ultimate decisions but probably the the more uh the more wise decisions as well um in shaping how uh, how the resistance works especially in light of, of poe dameron's general asking about <laughs>
0: <laughs> theres a new title, General Assing About. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if that's a promotion or a demotion.
2: <laughs> it's a promotion over Akbar. <laughs> so, amongst the new characters, there are lots of uh, new additions to the cast who weren't in the previous one. Uh, we have Laura Dern, we have. Laura Dern and we have Laura Dern i very I can remember off the <laughs> of Benicio head. Del Toro Benicio Del Toro that's the <laughs> other one yeah. uh, no, no, but, no but there are lots of extra people Do like, yeah. are there too many new characters thrown into this given that there's not enough for the main characters to do in the first
1: instance I, I, especially as they seem determined to kill off some of the other new characters they introduced <laughs> uh, Captain Phasma I assume is now dead
3: mm-hmm. Well, I don't know I don't
1: Well, know well you... she could come back but at the same time why I, <laughs> I think they shouldn't bring her back but I think J.J. Abrams was like yeah I'm going to bring her back yeah, I'd I'd love to see Grendel and Christie maybe get a different role, you know, where we could see her face. One thing, oh, a sausage roll. <laughs> mm, yes, okay. An Arctic <laughs> roll. Strange child, aren't you? <laughs> it's a strange child, aren't you? Yoda's back. Yoda is back. Oh, I did, I had no idea that was going to happen. No, did you? you did. I uh, even that. So. Uh, slight side story, just before I went in to see Star Wars, I got a random text from someone said, oh my god, Luke was a force ghost all alone. <laughs> Meant to be a Sixth Sense star yeah, reference. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But kind of ruined the moment <laughs> for me when you get to the end and he's a projection point. Yeah. But, oh. but then when Yoda showed up as a force ghost, I'm genuinely happy. Yeah. Well, was it actually Frank Oz? Yes, yes, him? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I As I said, I didn't stay through the credits because it was 3am for me at this point and bed. Because I had work in two hours. Dave, goes every <laughs> time. <laughs> must not sleep now. Yes.
2: <laughs> That's Dave, there he does uh, porgs and Yoda, also <laughs> yeah. available for weddings and bar
1: mitzvahs. <laughs> I've got a sore throat at the moment. It helps with any Muppet impersonation, <laughs> you know, especially me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I thought that was actually one of the most. Because as we were saying, Mark Hamill's. Luke has become kind of bitter and twisted mm. and has all these ideas about the Jedi. And Yoda just kind of comes along, slaps him round the face a bit with his little stick and says, I'm a very solid Force ghost. You're a very naughty Jedi. <laughs> um, but it just says, everything you're thinking is not necessarily the way it has to be. You just do things the way you want to and mm. see how it works out. Uh, and that actually was one of the moments where the movie kind of turned around. I think I'm really annoyed at the first part of the movie, more than anything, and then the second half redeems it a lot. I know some people have managed to stay their focus and gone, no, it's still terrible. I know other people who've come out just gone, oh, I must write a review immediately, because this is the best thing I've seen this year. Um, I've refrained, this is my first review, mm. so you guys are getting the full kind of untapped oh my god <laughs> what have they done to my precious star wars but hey what have they done to my precious star wars hmm. so did you think that
2: the scene with luke and yoda actually worked
0: yeah i did and it, it felt more old school star wars hmm. to me having yoda turn up because i didn't know that, that he was hmm. going to be in it at all um, but it felt more like a bridge back to connecting the whole saga together. Um, and it was kind of a nice touch because obviously you can't really have Obi-Wan turn up. Because mm. it would be weird because you'd have to use the young Obi-Wan, not the old yeah. Obi-Wan. It wouldn't work. Um, but it, it kind of the, the thematic connection of Yoda turning up in the aftermath of Luke having attempted to train Ray. Right it just shows you how different the two relationships went and the different outcome that, yeah. although in some ways kind of a similar outcome in Raid deciding that she was just, just going to rush off and yeah. do something in the same that Luke just rush off to save his friends I think
2: it's interesting because you, you have this bit obviously where they're talking about the Jedi being very venerated and you know being these all powerful and perfect people but actually it's interesting I think that Luke although we view him as like this master Jedi turns out still has a lot to learn as well which I think is an interesting thing you kind of you know, they kind of think that he's the person who will save everything, and he's obviously shut himself off. But even he has lessons to learn, even at this point in the story, which I think is an interesting message.
0: Mm. And also, I think burning down the tree, I think if Luke had actually done it, it might have felt different to the audience than when Yoda does it. We kind of trust that Yoda's doing the right mm. thing <laughs> because of all the Jedi that have ever that we've ever seen. Mm. I think we would trust Yoda to do the right thing more than any other. Hmm. So when he sets fire right to the tree, it's like, oh, Yoda, you scamp. <laughs>
1: um, but yeah, the, the cameo is good. I mean, you, you've told me about some I hadn't even realised were in there. So was it Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Yes, he's a, he, uh,
2: he's a yeah, he's a uh, voice, I think, of one of the aliens in the casino scene. Does he just got <laughs> Like that's that. exactly what happens that's oh. exactly thank you Dave
1: you've ruined that for everyone but I can you add that to my list have to go to my, to my Jedi now because David just revealed that key <laughs> plot point from Joseph Gordon-Levitt yeah. <laughs> I can I can add that to my impersonation list though yeah all um, three of them yeah because of course we, we've also got the the royal cameos apparently apparently they're not in it I heard they weren't in it
0: what? I heard they are is this are.
1: true? well apparently they, they 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 were dressed up and they did film some stuff but I wonder if they were just filming like purposeful outtakes because mm-hmm. apparently Harry slaps someone on the arse when he's a stormtrooper. <laughs> <laughs> it, it could be William. Who knows? <laughs>
2: um, I not think they would have cut it if it was Harry slapping William on the arse. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Or well, apparently he, he went for Benicio del Toro maybe. <laughs> and he just went whoa! And lapsed into his usual suspect character. Well that hey. like
2: So it was interesting when I knew that Benicio Del Toro is going to be in this movie the problem is he's never going to play somebody on the side of good ever he's always going to be a bit of a cheeky bastard (laughs) and so it's kind of odd that when they bring him in you're like that guy's a cheeky bastard and then he tells Finn I do this for money yeah and then they're like okay well but it'll all work out in the end and at the end he is a cheeky bastard (laughs) and everyone's surprised but to be honest people are like you know you can't cast him against type if you're going to cast him in a film like this but don't have him in one of the many subplots where the only way that subplot will become remotely interesting is if he turns
1: out to be a cheeky bastard.
0: Yeah. Basically, Benicio
2: del Toro is a cheeky bastard. <laughs> and that's why I did not
1: find that, very enlightening about this movie. That also leads to a thing that is not Laura Dern's finest hour. So she does the whole, I'm going to throw my spaceship through mm. your spaceship. Brilliant move. There's 30 rebel craft fleeing and she lets about 20 of them get blown up before <laughs> she decides to... She just stays there watching. It's like... Uh, do it quicker <laughs> <laughs> or, or just I thought maybe just get in between them you know make sure your ship is destroyed or can provide a shield mm. but no and that was a bit where I was like yeah you've turned into Poe Dameron and don't really know how war works anymore <laughs> I was just happy that she was in it because it was one of the many Twin Peaks references in that movie mm.
0: This has been the year of Laura Day in a selection of very colourful wigs. Yeah. <laughs> as the year has gone on. Yeah,
2: you, oh, are we spoiling it? Yeah, we probably are. Who cares? Is but she in Twin Peaks, basically yeah. the new one? <laughs> Dave. Awesome. We're not I can't, I can't answer that question oh, briefly. I'm gonna try she, to. Is she not in Twin Peaks? The <laughs> new right, one. Well, you're gonna get slapped Dave. <laughs> 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 I know I have to watch it. So. Right, yes, no, no, so I thought it was good that, that she was in there. Uh, she was very good in Twin Peaks, obviously. As uh, Diane. Is that a spoiler? No. It is for Dave, but I don't care about you Dave. You've told me a character's name. Get out of the house. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm taking my gingerbread with me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, stay Dave, stay. Uh,
2: we also have um, Justin Theroux in it, uh, uh, as the codebreaker who they were meant to find. The, oh, he, the, oh, the one at the gambling was. place. Because he's in Mulholland Drive, oh, and, in he's Inland and he's in Land Empire, and he's in The Leftovers and things like that, and he was Justin in Parks and Recreation.
3: Yeah.
2: He's uh, the he's gambling on one of the yeah things. yeah the, so, one, the one with the red the, the red I he
1: was actually going to come back and be significant because uh-huh. the 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 woman who was with him seemed to see what was going on and think ooh, something of
2: note but that's because the woman with him was uh what's her face that uh that model actress person Lily Cole was that Lily <laughs>
3: Cole
2: yeah yeah They're all all the people, like, basically it was everyone who was just hanging around. Uh, probably near Pinewood Studios or was friends of somebody <laughs> like that, or go, oh, can I be in it? Can I be in it? And it's really jarring because you see all these people rocking up in it who are there and they not in room. even notice. Gareth Edwards is in it, we were discussing that earlier, uh, yeah, yeah. as he... a
1: dude next to the dude who's like, mmm, salty. Uh, <laughs> actually, I d- that was the one thing I liked because I couldn't understand why the snow was turning blood red in the trailers. Mm. It's like, it's a salt planet. Mm.
3: Oh,
1: oh, okay, okay. It's How actually, is their life? <laughs> I, think, I don't know if he got a cameo in this
2: before he was uh, booted out of Rogue One. Or if it was, like, like, I can't tell when the when the timing of all this would have happened. He
0: filmed Rogue One. Well, was, was well he, he would he, have done,
2: but, but, but was this one of those bits which they, like, you know, he might have filmed it when he was available doing a thing, or maybe there was, like, some weird pre-production overlap with the end of Rogue One, because obviously that went on a little bit longer than Lucasfilm would like to claim happened.
0: But did, did, did they make him reshoot it, or did someone else come in and finish it? I thought he actually finished it. He finished it, it, and, the, and then they were like,
2: yeah, nice one. Uh, <laughs> I and mean, I think I think it was Tony Gilroy who came in, who uh, who mm. added a little bit more. I uh, think like that. Yeah. But it's weird. You don't get a. You know, it's not like you're going to see the the people who are now not making the Han Solo movie. Uh, Hulk, in there as well.
1: Uh, Miller and Lord. Miller and Lord. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, no yeah. cameo for them. Clearly, they're on the wrong side of the force. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm slightly worried what? about Ron Howard making a Star Wars movie. For months. I know he does space well. Apollo 13. That was uh, real space. Yes,
2: but, uh, virtual space.
3: Not sure. I think
2: I, I think there's a, there's a there's some systemic problem which is kind of it's developing in the Star Wars universe in the same way that it's clearly been popping up a little bit in the Marvel universe as well and under the Disney umbrella, I think they have a way they want mm. these these properties to go, and I think the Last Jedi is very much a property which, for once, may have been detouring a little bit outside of the. Star Wars gazebo.
1: <laughs> I um, like my Star Wars gazebo.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting because the, the um uh, directed uh, Thor Ragnarok.
1: Yeah, take, what, what we do,
0: Yeah, what we do in the shadows? dude.
1: yeah. <laughs> he, he made that.
0: People. He made that joke about how like if they asked him to do Star Wars, film, he would get fired off it immediately. But, but clearly, they let him just do something completely different with Thor. That's hmm. totally completely different from the previous two Thor movies. Yeah. But presumably because also at the same time, Thor is not the main strand of it's. It's like it's a moral strand, but it was coming to an end, obviously, because hmm. they've, they've done their three, and who knows if they're going to keep Thor in the. Will he make it? Yeah. Oh yeah. Now he's got no hammer anymore. Um, spoiler. Um, <laughs> sorry.
2: <laughs> but they had the trail beginning for Avengers Infinity Gauntlet, and yeah. he was like, oh look, Guardians of the Galaxy. Hmm. So.
0: But it.
1: I do relevant what?
0: <laughs> but you, you kind of get the feeling like they wouldn't let they, they wouldn't let someone do that to the actual movies that are called Avengers something or other. Yeah. Yeah. That though, those are the films that they clearly keep on a bit of a tight leash. Because obviously there were problems with Age of Ultron. It's terrible film anyway. Um,
2: I, it was balls, Dave. I, I tried. Literally.
0: I tried watching it again a few weeks ago. God, it was boring. It was only the second time I'd watched it. it was so, I actually fell asleep. It was. It was. <laughs> um, I was just like. I just want to watch the original Avengers film again. Mm. Come on, Netflix, put it on. They put it on now.
1: Um, it, it must be a music thing, because um, what's his name, Alan Silvestri is coming back to do the music for uh, Infinity War, which has me more excited than anything because it's in the trailer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it's the Russo brothers doing them, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. Oh, so I'm more Captain hopeful in
1: Civil War might still be my favourite. Mm. Uh, mm. No, it's not Civil War. Uh, Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Yeah. Did they do Civil War as well, though? I think they yeah. did. They, they, they. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. they did that, and then they've yeah, moved straight on to yeah. Infinity. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. they're doing fantastic. They're the best directors, I think, in the Marvel Universe. Maybe. Although I do like Taiku, what he did. Mm. I love the way he gave himself all the best lines. <laughs> <laughs> he Rock. running this uh, resistance, but it's you know not violent.
2: <laughs> That's one of Dave's many accents. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't right,
1: though. You can. <laughs> <laughs> get rid of that bit. Get rid of that bit. It's not going away.
0: But because with the Marvel films, there's like two or three a year, whereas with the Star Wars films, you get one a year, if that.
2: Well, they make no. They make two. They they make it and then they remake it afterwards because <laughs> <laughs> they sack the people involved very publicly, and then they,
1: uh, oh, I, I they get some safe hands. Force Awakens was made in 1977 as well, <laughs> and then they just waited 40 years and said no one will notice. <laughs> Are they going to ever explain
2: what uh, Max Von Sydow's character was about on Jakku at the beginning of the Force Awakens? Because
1: he, because he had the piece of the, the I think map. He was like a, a kind of. He did a Luke Skywalker and just like fuck, ah, screw this, I'm off. <laughs> He's like take this map with you, okay?
2: Yeah, but it's weird because they it? set up
1: all this mythology oh, right. in the Force Awakens
2: and they just don't follow up on any of it. Yeah. But not in a kind of oh we're being clever. It's like I don't care. It's like it's almost like they didn't watch. The, the Force, Force Awakens <laughs> and then that. they basically said this is a Star Wars movie which All is these people after are in it. yeah it's Woo! after it's, it's set after The Force Awakens but it doesn't thematically link what happens before or after yeah. and I think in terms of the ending as well there is this funny issue about the whole thing so I felt that this film just ends well I mean, just said it's a bit weird but you know it ends a two part Force Awakens yeah, it does doesn't feel like, like a mean, trilogy it feels like there's going to be two films in there and a yeah.
1: the third one yeah <laughs> yeah um, how do you pick this up afterwards? How do you, I, how do, you do with episode nine? Well, th- th- this relates to the whole thing about heading over from the old characters to the new characters. I don't know how happy I am about this mm. because, uh, well, you know, the new characters are vaguely good. If they can write them more to be their own characters and not pastiches of the old ones, that would be even mm. better. Obviously, they should be to some extent. Oscar Isaac is clearly the kind of Han solo character, but that means... Finn has got to step up as the Luke Skywalker character. Yeah. Uh, he comes close. He comes close at the end of this one, like yeah. I say. But I don't see Ray. I mean, maybe actually you could swap it. Finn could go on to become the Carrie Fisher. He can be Princess Same. Leia. With um, buns. And Ray can be Luke Skywalker. Because yeah. um, that, that's one of the key things when they're having their final battle. Luke says, I'm not the last Jedi. Mm. It's like, oh, so we are keeping the mythology going <laughs> Okay. Um, Ray! and Ray <laughs> but you know it, it, I'm slightly worried about where they could go next luckily J.J. Abrams he, he can write good stuff when he really puts his mind to it I watched Regarding Henry for the first time in a while the other day you know that was his uh, that was his last good movie yeah that he wrote. He, he also cameos in that as Pizza Delivery Guy
2: not the same one he turned up in Our like, Garden of the Galaxy podcast <laughs> no, no. It's
0: because a shock twist
2: because we would have
1: actually let him in the house then I feel no we wouldn't come on no we shouldn't we should yeah, uh, say JJ this is how you do good sci-fi come
0: here <laughs> the, the, this is first Star Trek into darkness and then just shut the door <laughs> the thing is would I you have
1: held him in it so that he was hit
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think it's a bit scary to think that JJ Abrams is going to do the next one because I think he is he wants to think he's this generation Steven Spielberg but I think the sad thing is he's this generation's Ron Howard <laughs> He's a safe pair of hands where...
1: Spielberg's still alive. I'm fine with him being Spielberg
2: still. (laughs) No, but that's the thing. I think think half (coughs) of it is he's trying to be the new Spielberg, even though Spielberg is still around. And to be honest, Spielberg can still make, I think, a very good sci-fi movie he wants to. He doesn't need... Uh, somebody to kind of try and be that kind of director. I mean, J.J. was just like he was—he was very individual when he was doing TV, when he was doing Felicity and Alias, even if that went off the boil after a while. But as a filmmaker, I think he just—he's like that. Um, he's from the same stable, isn't he? As—is uh, it Robert Kurtz, Alex Kurtzman, Robert Orkey? who were the ones who were also with him on in, Star Trek? Yeah, yeah. like mm. the, they basically. <laughs> Uh, in a very bad way, have grown up watching other people's films and that. And think, and this is the way I should do this. Thing. is the way, but they're not yeah. individual enough. And I think yeah. the reason they, like, it's very weird that in a year when Gareth Edwards was kicked off uh, uh, Rogue One, whatever, and then or Lord finish, and Miller finish, were kicked off. Pushed out the door. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, your job's done, contract over, let's get something else in. Mm. The same thing has happened with the Han Solo movie and that. And then now it's odd that they've gotten rid of Colin Trevorrow, who I think would have been a very bad choice to do this anyway, yeah, but well, to go back to J.J. Abrams it. means that I think they secretly know that the response to this film is not going to be as positive with fans as they would have hoped. Although yeah. it will be regarded as a good film, I think in, in years to come, it's not really a Star Wars mythology film. It yeah. works very well as one of the separate um, Star Wars saga films or whatever they're being called. You know these uh, Star Wars
1: story, yeah,
2: those yeah. ones. You know, it works like that. But it's strange that they've given him. Well, um it feels like they've given Ryan Johnson the chance to be individual as a director but there are still moments like like that you've already discussed where it almost seems shoehorned in that they put some proper mythology in it and it's it's a very uneven film but I don't think it's a bad thing it just kind of is a bit all over the place and...
1: yeah I I do think I need to go and see it again yeah. when I'm not quite so tired yeah. when I've had a decent amount of sleep yeah. and when I know that if I think afterwards maybe I'll just write something down and publish a review on mm-hmm. this somewhere and actually collect my thoughts. One thing we have not mentioned, John Williams, because his music is back, you would say, and louder than ever. <laughs> yeah. Um I really like I I didn't actually like some of the new stuff in the Force Awakens when mm. I saw it the first time. Or when I got the soundtrack, or when I saw it the next few times, but it's actually been growing on me more and more. <laughs> After all of that, yeah. yeah I, I, sometimes, so to draw on a different point, the soundtrack for Dunkirk is very difficult to listen to by itself. Mm. If you have to write an essay with a deadline, whack it on; it dries up the tension.
3: <laughs> you will
1: finish that essay in record time. I should have listened to that when I was doing nano. Um, but <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> anyway, uh, there's like uh, the this time around he's playing a lot more with the new themes and the old themes mm. and I think that was one of the reasons yeah. maybe I was preferring the old character segments more especially when Yoda shows up Yoda's theme is possibly a quieter a bit you may not have noticed mm. it but it's there in the background we mentioned Yoda showing up didn't yes. we yeah. yes yeah, good. we've had that discussion
0: <laughs> but, it, but it was like it was like original puppet Yoda rather than CGI Yoda wasn't it it looks
2: I think, like it, was CGI, I think it, it was CGI but it looked like of of
1: the read the, it really looked like the puppet yeah, yeah crumbly yoda as yeah. we call him, because cgi yoda is the young version who looks like some kind of amorphous blob <laughs> dancing on the screen <laughs> but he's pretty kick-ass i'll give him that
0: okay so here's something that i might be remembering wrong and it might require a second watch to figure out but you know how in that tree that they burned down yeah that had the original july teachings and they're looking at those books Oh yeah. There's, there's some other shot and is it in the millennium falcon or some other, I get confused about which ship everyone is in by the end. But someone that opens the a Enterprise. drawer, and there's a load of books in there. Are those the books? Did Ray take the the Jedi books with is her? Is
1: that the bit on the ship that Del Toro's stolen, and he yeah. opens up something and steals some No, later coins. on. No, later on on the fountain. I think it is on the fountain. Oh, okay.
0: Did Ray take the books with her?
1: She could have done.
2: Um, I thought they were just uh, a copy of Encyclopedia Britannica
0: (laughs) could could be
1: there will be one in space
0: it seemed like a really obvious weird shot of a drawer opening and some really obvious books right in the middle of the frame and I was like those are force books I will have force books (laughs) books.
1: (laughs) this is not the book you're looking for read that one instead (laughs) (laughs) books that can make you read them at will (laughs) or not
0: like they, they have all this incredible technology, but they can't digitise books. They, they can't pilot ships remotely. Yeah, but to there. be
2: fair, it was a long time ago. In a <laughs> far, galaxy far, far, far away. away. <laughs> and that's how you film Porgs from a distance. <laughs> Birds in shot. Okay, Porgs. 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 Porgs everywhere. But those weird creatures where... What, what, was, right, what was that weird scene where Luke Skywalker uh, seems to
3: drink
1: the breast milk of those crazy creatures? It's where the blue milk comes from. You remember blue milks in all the Star Wars films? I think they were. It green. Oh, was it? Oh. It looked. It was I, just a weird scene. Slightly colorblind.
0: Uh. <laughs> but like but, at, at first, when he did that, and then he goes fishing and all that kind of thing, I thought, oh, he's completely alone on this island. Mm. He's living like a total hermit. And then a few scenes later, there's those Maidops, those other creatures, yeah, the who, frog nuns, yeah. 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 And it completely broke the spell for me because because I really thought, oh, he has been completely isolated from mm. everything. Yeah. For all it's this like they're all facilitating
2: the this slightly this slightly hermit lifestyle because they just clean up after him.
3: Yeah,
2: and he's like, "I'm the last
1: Jedi." And I was the like, oh, and it "How much it? mess can a Jedi <laughs> I make?" Mean, quite a lot, actually. As you see, when another one turns up, blowing holes in everything.
0: And they're trying to patch the buildings. Can't can't they just Jedi the stones back into the wall or something? Well, they, could be they seem a to bit lazy, aren't they?
1: Yeah, I think they're frog nuns, though. I don't know if frog nuns have the force. I'm calling <laughs> them frog nuns from now on.
0: Well, <laughs> yeah. look, I couldn't couldn't like Luke and Ray do it.
1: No, they'd too busy having a fight about something.
0: <laughs> there was an awful lot of
1: arguing in this movie as well. Everyone was, was kind of a bit pissed off.
3: Yeah.
2: I mean, okay,
1: yeah. You're being chased by a fleet of warships. Now's not the best time to disagree about the plan of action, maybe. Um but at the same time,
0: don't screw
1: everything up Oh you have. Oh look everyone's dying again. Oh.
0: But you know, nobody of any note apparently in the in the transport ships that get blown up because that yeah. would have at least had stakes like if there was a character that we at least knew a name of who well, gets we, we killed that because of that screw up.
1: princess Leia, but they were in the same one that's like this ship has uber shields
0: yeah. like, well we know double. that one's not getting up yeah.
1: Although, yeah, well again we carry fishing no longer being around i was like i
3: wonder if they will kill her a different
1: way then if she's cuz right uh, we haven't actually discussed this but early on there's that scene in the trailer where ren attacks her ship hmm. And he he doesn't fire in the trailer and he doesn't fire in the movie. Mm -hmm. However, he's got wingmen and they go, Missiles away! (laughs) As she was. And they blow up the bridge and she goes, sucked out into space. Jedi wizards her way back in. Mm. I was like, that that could have been a really good moment. But when I watched it, I thought, no, that's not how she dies. She's not going to be killed by two random pilots. Mm. She's not that Ewok from Return of the Jedi who gets (laughs) shot by the... (laughs)
3: <laughs>
1: it's not, not that you what. She's Princess fucking Leia. Do you think it's... <laughs> Too much swearing? Sorry. <laughs> do you think that it's
2: strange that at the end of the film, they decided not to have a moment where the real physical form of Luke meets Princess Leia? I'm going to say... Or does it not matter?
1: I'm going to say yes, because... That moment was also ruined again by this sudden injection of unneeded humour where she's like, I've changed my hair. <laughs> and like, You've not seen your brother for 15 years or something like that. He's got a beard. Come on. <laughs> That's what you should have
2: commented on. I think that scene was undermined by the fact that the dude who played Will from W1A was in the background. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Right, everyone's in this. <laughs> everyone's in this. But the problem is, in W one A, his character is the biggest idiot you can imagine. Yeah. And then suddenly he's just. To be fair, the background.
1: we've watched the entire film with the rebels not making the best choices. <laughs> well,
0: but but I, I felt like that that whole scene where he finally turns up, and because they'd hinted along about how you know it, even in the Force Awakens about how the this whole thing had become mythologized and the Jedi had become mythologized and the stories of what mm-hmm. happened with with the, um, the Death Star and all like that, there were stories that people told but didn't necessarily know if it was true and you get that bit of the hand story going, oh, it's all true. Right, you're uh,
1: not that old, dude. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it hasn't been like hundreds of years. But then when, when he turns up in the the rebel hideout in that mm. mine and everyone's looking at him thinking like, oh, crap, it's actually Luke Skywalker, what's going on? You start to feel some of that but then it all kind of gets a bit undercut.
1: Waylaid by the hair comment. Hmm. i mean okay it actually suits carrie fisher in and of herself very well (laughs) it's the kind of thing she's saying look at my dog isn't he cute look at my hair i don't know (laughs) that that, that seems horrible to say i shouldn't say Hmm. but it it feels like they did that whole scene because that could have been there's that great scene of return of the jedi where you know everyone knows now that darth vader is luke's dad but he's like you're my sister Hmm that snog was random by the way (laughs) (laughs) but there's a lovely scene between the two of them because it's followed up by the scene with Han and Leia now at this point Han's dead (laughs) he doesn't come back Harrison Ford please (laughs) maybe a flashback in the next film and it's the two of them together for the first time in years even if he's not really there I mean we've seen that apparently now you can force project physical objects Mm. as well because Han's dice are passed around Mm. Except they're not. (laughs) So presumably they're still on the Falcon. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Or he's got them and has taken them.
2: Or it was a false projection of Han Solo in the first place. who died in The Force (laughs) Awakens. (laughs) I knew he was a Jedi. I bloody knew it. (laughs)
1: Um, And yeah, it it just felt like it it could be one of the best moments, not just in Star Wars, but in any film, to have this great reunion between two of the best characters of Mm -hmm. all time and they just squandered the moment and mm. chucked it aside like it was nothing but then he does go and be just a total badass <laughs> even if he's not there there was a bit in it where I was like oh oh, oh you've pre-called again haven't you mm. during the lightsaber fight mm. he does that weird it's like something out like of the Matrix he like leans back as Kylo Ren tries to chop mm. him in half and just says shave my beard boy <laughs> <laughs> I think he does get a few hairs off there it's like no, I look real true. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Just have a lightsaber duel, for the love of God. We didn't really have one in the first film. We had two people who didn't know what they were doing hitting <laughs> each other with a stick. <laughs> uh, this feels like a missed opportunity overall, I think. Mm. So when you were saying, good, bad, ugly? Ugly,
2: and a missed opportunity. I think it needs re-watches before you can properly evaluate it. It doesn't seem like a Star Wars movie. It doesn't feel like yeah. Star Wars, and it mm. probably, even with rewatches, isn't going to be what I was expecting. But why is it that Smoke says things like, you've got Spunk?
0: And, yeah. yeah, that, that was a really
2: It takes yeah. you out of the moment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's,
1: there's too much stuff It's like.
2: A chrome dome. When What's His Face? Finn is. Uh, yeah, to be it's fair. Like being that, held by Phasma.
1: Yeah. That bit I
2: actually quite liked. <laughs> is chrome dome <coughs> something else? Um, it sounds familiar is that how they refer to <laughs> that was a special sound that we used when Dave talks
1: <coughs> Dave is in the building run um is that how r- Rick Ramannis is referred to in Spaceballs? <laughs> in which case that's not very good
2: um I don't know, there's something where well, I remember somebody used to call somebody else Chrome Dome.
1: I think it, it might be a reference to, to the original. Right, there it is,
2: there it is. Go down, go down, go down. There it is. What? What am I looking
0: at here? This Chrome one? Dome
2: is a robotic member of the Foot Clan in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, there must be others. There must yeah. be others. There's also, sure. there's also a Transformers reference.
1: I'm sure there's a Star Wars one as well, where someone referring to the Star Wars movies refers to Vader as old Chrome Dome. <laughs>
2: It's so weird. I maybe, family, maybe it's
1: baseball though. So. Yeah, or Family Guy maybe as well. Because mm. they, they... Oh, that that was actually... So I can't remember... I can't remember where I read this, where someone was saying the trouble with this film is that with the humour in this film, yeah. it feels like a parody. Yeah. In a film where... You no, know, That's what a parody film is for. Yeah. This year, I, I, that ties back to my earlier stuff about the humour felt wrong at times.
2: What did you think about the bit where... It's quite early on when, you know when Snoke says, don't wear that stupid mask.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, sorry, I'm paraphrasing, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Don't wear that stupid mask. <laughs> yes, yeah, he turns into Michael Caine very briefly. <laughs> and then there's that bit where Ren goes into the elevator and he takes him up and he starts smashing stuff up. Now that reminds me exactly the bit where Ren starts... Having Taking a out temper that tantrum. <laughs> yeah. and then there's two like aren't there two yeah. guards who show up and then like leave again pretty promptly <laughs> that, or, or something like that, and that's exactly what happened in the previous one. It yeah, seemed... that, that's when Ray escapes and he breaks the interrogation yeah. chamber. But but in that scene there were two officers who open so... who look round the who look round the corner yeah. and they're like oh fuck it and go in the other
1: yeah. direction. Yeah. and the same thing happens again in this. It, doesn't?
0: it was a bit kind of robot chicken type. Yes. Star Wars yeah. Rather yeah, than Star Wars, Star Wars,
1: mm. and it's like you you. Forgotten that they never intended for this to be funny. <laughs> and you know, I, I I look back at the original trilogy now and I can't help it when I watch it. I've got w- wisecrack. But I remember watching it as a kid and just going, this is the greatest story ever told. Um, I still need to watch Hidden Fortress so and I can actually. I still need to watch The Greatest Story Ever Told.
0: <laughs> is, that, is that a film? Yes, yes. Uh, Twin Peaks. Oh, okay. <laughs>
1: so, so it could be a film, but it's actually a TV series. But no one knows because it's on both lists.
0: <laughs> Pretty much.
1: So confusing! I am so confused.
0: I'm just waiting for somebody to put in like their top ten albums of the year or something yeah. like that.
1: What Twin Peaks? Yeah. <laughs> top
0: ten
2: places to visit. <laughs> <laughs> top ten dinners for one. of <laughs> the year 2016. All kinds of things you do there? That's I think, I think the singular title. Twin General Peaks. <laughs> People should now make random lists of things and put Twin Peaks at the top of it and say, look, you know what? It may not be voted the best TV show of the year. It was often number two, but it was the number one cake on people's lists in in 2005. It's nonsense like this. Make a list, put Twin Peaks at the top, that's it. And then Last Jedi in second. No, I think,
3: yeah.
1: I I do think, so having. On a list
2: with no number one.
1: Having gone through my top ten and I had it in fifth probably dropped down a couple of places yeah it's at least 152 no it's still Star Wars <laughs> well that is the problem but is um, it <laughs>
2: That's... so is that a fundamental thing about these movies that even a bad Star Wars movie is it's still I mean it's it's bigger than people saying oh yeah it's good because everyone's going to go and watch it Yeah, and it does provoke this kind of conversation where you, even when it's bad all good. Just you're always going to find people on the other side of it, and you're never really sure at the end. But you're still going to watch the next one.
1: Yeah, I, I'd say I I want to watch the next one because I want to see how it ends. Uh, unfortunately, I know how it ends now because he tidied it all up rather nicely. It's like oh, they've gone. They they basically reset to before Rogue One.
2: Well, no, the next one starts with uh, a kid with a broom taking on Kylo Ren and getting his ass kicked. Kylo <laughs> Ren or the kid.
1: <laughs> oh, ooh. Ooh. Uh, the kid. Suddenly, one of those CGI moon things comes by and just eats <laughs> Kylo Ren as it goes
0: Big it's, um.
1: it's,
0: it's Kylo or the broom, whichever is the most wooden. Ooh.
1: Ooh. Oh, <laughs> Adam Driver alone. No. Adam Driver, Actually, he, did...
0: he was fine. He, I mean, he was completely emo, but that says. Oh, yeah. But he didn't character. write the
1: script. <laughs> he just read the script and the script said, be emo. It's <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> so. Okay We uh...
2: <laughs> Can't end it there <laughs> I think we're going to have to I With a non-existent world. I, I thought I'd done a good ending earlier But you kept
1: talking BMO <laughs>
0: So big thank you today for joining us for our review of The Last Jedi.
1: Thank you (laughs) as well for having me.
0: Where can people normally find you doing your movie roundups?
1: Uh, So the radio show broadcasts live every other Saturday on Cambridge 105. However, if you go to cambridge105.fm, all our podcasts are up there. Every show is podcasted. And you can also find us on Facebook and Twitter by searching for Bums on Seats. Yeah, and we have to make sure that we have you on again for another uh, film Episode. Also, the Infinity War, maybe. Ooh, the big Marvel. Maybe, maybe Black, Black Panther. Panther. Ooh, interesting. I think that will be the better movie. Ooh, yeah. controversial. Yeah. Or we'll, we'll not. see. Maybe. <laughs> although,
2: although last time we did promise the Dark Tower, and that did not go well.
1: No, but you have started reading the books now. <laughs> oh yes, point at them because they can see that on the podcast. <laughs> Screw you, Dave. <laughs> oh, interesting. Doing really
3: good. Go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah,
2: So thanks again we will see you again soon but we'll have to decide on a good movie that'll be fun I don't know what it's going to be is it going to be Black Panther it's going to be maybe oh. it shouldn't be a Marvel movie oh or anything under the Disney franchise which rules out most films at the moment
0: yeah so uh, we'll be back soon I don't know what we're going to be talking about next time
2: probably Twin Peaks
0: probably Twin Peaks
2: yeah probably Twin Peaks I won't <laughs> <laughs> Dave watch Twin Peaks
0: <laughs> yes okay It's on my list <laughs> Uh, but until then, if you want to track us down, you can find us on Twitter at DFCAA or on Facebook, Time for Cakes Now, or on our website, timeforcakesnail.com. Yep,
2: yeah, and until next time, goodbye. Goodbye. Bye bye.